What's up, guys? Welcome to Kinda Funny's James Bond in Review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every Daniel Craig James Bond movie in uh, the current line of James Bond uh, cinematic universe going on right now. Uh, we, we're doing this prepping for No Time to Die, but No Time to Die gave us a little more time. Exactly. Apparently there was exactly. time to die after all. Yeah, <laughs> they so, punted that back to where I believe it should have gone to begin with was the November release date, which traditionally, if I'm not mistaken, Bond movies for the last at least like decade have usually been launched toward the end of the year anyway. So interesting. I would have loved to have seen what the Bond would have done as a blockbuster, but or like summer blockbuster yeah. area. But hey, man, it's better. It's better we'll when there's know. nothing else to watch. And well, fun fact: this is the second delay. Originally, No Time was to Die was supposed to come out November right. 2019, then got pushed to March, then got pushed. Now again, to November. Plenty of time. But we decided, we, we, me and Nick have been listening to a lot of James Bond music the last oh, couple man. weeks. It's just like, we can't stop. We can't stop. We got we to do this anyway. So we are doing stop. it the next five weeks, four weeks actually. We'll be doing uh, the James Bond movies uh, with Daniel Craig. Very exciting stuff. You can watch the show on twitch.tv slash games when we do it live every week. Or you can watch it later on youtube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. Or if you want to listen to it, you can search for Kind of Funny Reviews on your favorite podcast service. Give us those five stars. Give us those thumbs up. We appreciate it all very much. If you want to get this show ad-free, guess what? We have an option for you. Patreon.com slash kind of funny. You can be a Patreon producer like Mohammed Mohammed, aka the greatest Momo, of all time. AKA Mo Square. Momo G Mo Square. He said he's down with either of those nicknames. Cool. So, so we're good on Mo that. Mo Square. Uh Justin Toft. I feel like you can go with both, I feel at this point. Mm-hmm. I have one for Justin Toft. Shake that laffy toffee. That laffy toffee. Jesus. If there's a T at the end. You didn't have to say that. Oh, I, I like that even less. <laughs> Come back next week with Doss okay. Bear, Jew, I'm sorry. Blackjack, <laughs> DBJ, and Downtown Jared Brown. Downtown Jared Brown reporting on all the cool VJ stuff. Okay. <laughs> Remember Julie Brown was a VJ? Yeah. No. The hell's a VJ? A video I Gettys. This Bro, video some for MTV TV. from the late 80s. Early Andy 90s. Cortez. That. Kevin Coelho. Remember Jesse, the BJ? The, no. the one who like won the competition? He's like, yeah, you know what they're talking about? Remember Kurt Loder? Kurt Loder, I'm 84 years old. old. Yeah, uh, uh, Nick Jesse was like six foot four and probably weighed like 130. Sick. And he was just like this tall, super Sick. skinny. And he's like, oh, well, he I remember that guy. He's like Russell. Uh, uh, he looked like he hadn't showered in four years. What's that? British Russell, uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Brand. No, <laughs> Russell Brand. Russell Brand. <laughs> yeah, he reminded me of Russell Brand. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And Barrett running the show back we both there. went with Crow. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about James Bond today, specifically Casino Royale. Uh, fun, fun, the reboot of the Bond franchise. Before we get into all that, Nick, you, you're the James Bond guy. Yes. Right? Let's take, take us back to 2006. 2006, uh, we were at the height of the uh, basically the, the ludicrousness of what James Bond could be. We had just finished with Pierce Brosnan's The World Is Not Enough. And these movies just got die another day completely. Oh, was die another day the last one? Yeah, it was. Yeah, oh, yeah. And die another day. That's right. We had an invisible car. There was a dude with diamonds in his face. There was, was cool. a space laser that could just nuke people. I mean, this was like Bond had gotten out of control. When was the last Bond film? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Okay. So we Back take a break day. and we go. We need to. We need to reboot this and we need to have it be a little bit more grounded and a little bit more up to date. And so they decided, I think smartly, to go back to what the, what the original, the first Bond book, which was Casino Royale. And this was when Bond had just become a double O agent and was out on this not grandiose mission. It was basically, if I remember correctly in the book, the idea was he was a brand new double O agent and they were sending him to go play this poker game against this Le Chiffre character 
um, in the hopes that he would win, but kind of knowing in the back of their mind, they're like, this is a long shot. There's like a 90% chance he doesn't win. But hey, there's no, we don't have a lot of skin in the game because these double O's are kind of, you know, whatever. What's the worst that could happen? He loses and we try to get this they're guy They're pretty replaceable. Way. So the yeah. idea was that this was sort of like a... They, they sent him out on a losing mission, and of course he finds a way to win, and he finds a way to turn this the shift character, you know, and win the day. Um, but that's why I really like this movie because I think they took it. They said, "Let's take a step back and let's try to ground this a little bit more. Let's take away the gadget gadgets. Let's take away Q. There's no Q branch in this. He doesn't get the laser thing. The most we have is a random defibrillator in a car. Which, looking back at it now, you're like, why would they put? A defit doesn't matter, okay? Because uh, the car was ready for anything. It, I mean, anything if you got poisoned. Anything, yeah. yeah. Specifically. Anything else you were it fucked. Was ready for that one thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I like that because it, because what they wanted to do is they wanted to explore the Vaughn character in this. And they wanted to kind of take him back to his roots and, and paint him more, less as a suave guy and more as a, hey, you just got finished with this brutal training. You're a blunt instrument. You're reckless. You're just there to kill things. And now we're seeing the formation of what made Bond Bond, which is, you know, at the, at, the, at the beginning of this, he's this blunt instrument. Toward the end, he's a little smarter, he's a little bit more strategic, and he's a little bit more suave and debonair. And that's and we see that, and we see that largely based off the strength of the Vesper character who comes in and kind of shakes him up and is his, like, basically emotional and intellectual equal. And they have these lovely sparring matches back and forth where it's half flirting, half antagonistic. And I think you see really him start sexy. to, his All idea high. of women changes a little bit, his idea of the mission changes a little bit. And he gets a little bit more worldly, and that's thanks to Vesper, and that's thanks to also to M, the character who I think they were smart. They kept Judy Dench from uh, the Pierce Brosnan era because she's awesome. dumb Tim shit. Sure, I thought Judy Dench was in every single James Bond movie. No, traditionally, <laughs> traditionally the M character, um, which was which was the leader of uh, MI6, was a man. Um, and they've gone back to that since with Ray Fiennes kind of taking up the mantle because if I'm not mistaken, Judy Dench was just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Features man. Um, Features man. But, uh, but Judy Dench Excellent. being his his uh, kind of his boss it brings such a cool energy into it because obviously it, M takes on a different meaning specifically in this series where you start seeing her being more because Bond is, you know, as we learn in this, he's an orphan. You start seeing him, her be more of a motherly character to him and being more of like a like that figure and helps him kind of stop being an assassin and being more of a real human being, which is cool. Shout There's a lot of to, layers. Uh, is that is he really an orphan? Like. Yeah. Shout out to oh. Jimmy B for uh, just sticking with Jimmy it, right? In, like, this, in this series, he is. I don't remember if he It is reminds you of The Rookie, the books. where, you know, what's-his-face becomes a pitcher at, like, the age 42. Like, how old is Daniel... How old is James Bond in this movie? He seems pretty up there to be just be getting the role of double O, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like he... Like, I'm proud of him that he stuck with it. He didn't give up on his dream. You don't think he's like 35, but like a hard 35? No, he started in single O ball. (laughs) Yeah, uh, exactly. Because I feel like most double O's, they get the job in maybe like they're 25, 26. Well, there's a really lovely one maybe at the latest. There's a great quote that I pulled from this to start the episode where he says, she goes, I've given you your double O status basically and you've fucked up already. And he goes, well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy, so your mistake will be very short lived. I love it. And I love that because specifically in the books, there's a great moment in the books where they talk about the reason why he's into wine and the reason why he's into suits and fast cars and trying to have these disposable relationships with these women is because deep down he knows he could die at any second. He lives this life where basically he's on borrowed time, and so he makes a game out of it. And put, and also, he's always alone because he is a, is a spy in these dangerous situations. He can't trust anyone. And so all of this, as they rightfully talk about in this, is this armor that he puts up on himself. And then, of course, at the end of this movie, when he's let the armor down for the first time, guess what happens to him? 
he falls it, in it love. Bite, he falls in love, but it bites him in the ass, and so you've got that oh. complexity as well. So that's they have that lovely line where she's like, "Oh, you've put your armor back up," and he uses that humor and that suaveness. Spoilers: Kevin hasn't seen it yet. I'm sorry, but <laughs> there is. But well, did you hey. seriously not watch it? Uh, I forgot last night. No, 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 you didn't. No, that's not that's not what I said. I watched, it yet, I've watched so. like 95% of it. Like, they're literally in Venice destroying the building. It's oh, like, I know, I haven't I know seen it either. Well, spoilers, man. I know what's gonna happen. I haven't watched it. I remember, so. I've already seen what. Right. So, today Fuck. we're talking about Casino Royale. <laughs> He's mad at me for five minutes. <laughs> I have five minutes left. Released on November 17th, 2006, directed by Martin Campbell. He's a New Zealand film and television director based in the United Kingdom. He's best known for directing the highly regarded British miniseries Edge of Darkness in 1985, mm. uh, for which he won a BAFTA, and the James Bond films Goldeneye and Casino Royale. That's right. He did do Goldeneye. And, and remember, this guy, so, he's got it. If you remember correctly, so Goldeneye obviously was a direct response to the Timothy Dalton Bonds that just did not do very, very well. The license, uh, Day- Living Daylights, I think, did okay. The License to Kill did not do very good. Timothy Dalton's out. They do another soft reboot. Of course, every time they recast Bond, they sort of do a, a retcon. Not really a retcon, but they sort of they recast everything, and it's kind of understood that, hey, we're taking it back to square yeah. one with the Bond character. And Martin Campbell came in and did GoldenEye. And GoldenEye is a very, very beloved both Bond film and great N64 game, if you remember correctly. <laughs> but honestly, not, I think that, uh, that was a huge... Like that was a, a moment in time where everyone's like, "Oh shit!" Myself included. I'm like, Bond. "This is awesome. And yeah. This is this is reinvigorating my love of Bond." What are the bad guy there used to scream? He he would like get up. At the I'm end. invincible. In, yeah, it's yeah, right. it's Boris. Yeah. He also directed The Mask of Zorro in 1998. Great movie, awesome. Oh, one of the cool Legend Greg's of Zorro favorites in 2005. Oh, that's that's cool, Greg's favorite. Green Lantern. <laughs> oh, in 2011. Sorry, take a turn. And The Foreigner in uh, 2017, which I did not hear great things. The about. Foreigner was the Jackie Chan movie. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's. Fucking uh, taken has... with Jackie Chan, but the daughter gets killed, right? Yeah, and he just oh, fucking shit. murders people. It's, that sounds sick. It's fucking great. It's great. Oh yeah, really yeah. He just goes on a oh, murder. It's pretty screen. cool. <laughs> but he's like, a, he's like a hardcore like secret agent, retired, but no, no one. Cool. And he's super unassuming. He's like, oh, old man, he yeah. fucks him up. Yeah, like he's that. old and he just fucks That's everyone cool up. Shit. A budget of 150 million and a box office of 606 million worldwide <laughs> uh, become the highest grossing Bond film until Skyfall. In 2012, mm. a runtime of two hours and 22 minutes. Before we get into the plot and everything, I want to talk about what we thought of this movie. Because let me say, th- this is the one that I've always been like, I love Casino Royale, it's dope. And that stands to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting how much of a time capsule this movie is, yeah. where I feel like the all a bunch of my criticisms of this movie, which essentially are it's not Mission Impossible 5 or 6, um, really stem from or the four. fact that... Uh, yeah, three. Honestly, yeah. Come on, Tim. Um, a, a lot of the... Uh, <laughs> The elements of it that stood out so much in 2006 are kind of commonplace now. The parkour section that last 10 hours was breathtaking mm-hmm. back awesome. then. And it really was fucking cool. awesome. And it was the first time we'd ever seen something like that in action directed that way. This is a, a movie that kind of took a ridiculous franchise and grounded it before you know, Nolan really got credit for, for doing that with Batman. Like, this was around Batman Begins. So it was still kind of like the, the, the early times of all that. And it's like the way that they make a lot of decisions, it's really, really bold and I think works really well. It's just now looking at it, it's like in comparison to what come, comes up after for 14 years, it's like, all right, it's not, it's not great. Well, so for, really for context, I think, you're, I think you nailed it, right? So like Mission Impossible 2 came out in 2000. And so people are like, wow, oh, this is bad. Mission Impossible so 3 bad. came out in 2006. So you can start to see yeah. the change in the action genre. And, I mean, we talked about Mission Impossible 3 when we did the Mission Impossibles in reviews. That was really 
for that series, the, oh, we almost figured this out. Like, oh, it should be about the team. It should be about cool action Mm -hmm. and a really, really cool, like, three-dimensional villain. Let's pull him off from there. And that's kind of what we got with that. This... For Bond, though, grounding Bond in in, in a, re, a more realistic fashion. I shouldn't say like 100% reality because there's still crazy shit that happens in this. You're like, that yes. motherfucker be dead. Yeah. But there's like a part as where he – As close as we're going to get. As close though. as we're going to get, I thought was just such a great choice. But it was a risk, and it was a risk that unfortunately they back they backed up on. They backpedaled on. Um, and I think there are some elements that they set up in this that they just completely destroy in later movies. And it's sad because I think they kind of wussed out a little bit and said, oh, we got to have more action and more gadgets because that's what people like. But they forgot that the reason everyone holds this one in such high regard is because of the character development. And it's because of it's because of the situations It's because there is tenseness to this poker game. And you have to assume that like having an hour long poker game in the middle of your second act is a bold choice. To watch it a third time, I've seen this movie probably ten times, so to watch it again, I'm like, okay, I'm a little bored with this because I know what's happening. But back in the day, you're like, oh, we're just going to take a break from action for 20 minutes to yeah. show us having a fucking game of Texas Hold'em in this really weird, low-key environment that's not glamorous at all. Like, it, it was a bold choice, and I think for this it really works because then you have those moments where you have that, and then you have the stairway fight, which yeah. is the most hyper-violent fucking thing ever. And you have those great moments where it's a very real moment where he's strangling the guy, and Vesper has to make a choice where she looks down and sees he's going to get the gun, and she has to help Bond kill this guy. Yeah. And then you see it later where he doesn't know where she's at, and she's in the shower, like, traumatized They by shot this. that in one take. Did they? That, the, the shower scene, it, they, they got it, they're like, that's it. I mean, it's super sad because he's adjusted to this world. Like, we don't want to have that. to dry your clothes and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but she she has Fine. that great line where she's like, how can you deal with it? How do you deal with the killing? Like, it doesn't bother you? And he goes, well, I wouldn't be very good at my job if it does. And she calls bullshit on I'm it. I'm a she's sociopath. Like, I don't think you're – and she goes, that can't be true. Like, if that is true, it's going to eat away at your soul until there's nothing left. And that – all of these – Really, really lo- like great character moments to me are what make this movie great. And then, of course, the action on top of that is fucking crazy. Where you've got guys like there's a great part where the guy's like doing parkour up and he just runs up a fucking crane yeah. to get to it. And it's like that. Okay, I'm I'm in on this. I love it. Yeah, this scene goes on for a long time, but because the action's so creative and because they have such fun with it, like he's sliding down little holes, it, it's cool. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like I, I feel like when we get to Quantum and then when we get to Skyfall. They they go back to Bond the Bond's roots and I just felt like it was regression. Unfortunately, uh, speaking of the, the violence and stuff, the, the some interesting facts here about censorship that I didn't know. Uh, Casino Royale was censored for its release in Britain, the United States, Germany, and China. Uh, in Britain, by omitting some of Lashif's sadism and uh, James Bond's reaction sadism, sadism uh, and James Bond's reactions in the torture scene um, the, the, to change mm-hmm. the rating. Funny in the United scenes. States, two fight scenes were censored to achieve a PG thirteen rating. The fight between Bond and the Traitorous MI6 agent and the fight between Bond and Obano in the stairway. So that was censored. That was censored? Yeah, that, that's pretty well, crazy. Well, no, but so, like that was probably in theaters. We're probably seeing an uncensored version now, right? Uh, the fully uncensored version can be found on the Australian, Dutch, French, Hong Kong, Japanese, wow. and Scandinavian Blu-ray and DVD release. To be fair, I didn't think it needed to be more violent than it was. Yeah, I think I, that's fine. I think it punctuates where Bond's at emotionally, where he is this killing machine that doesn't understand a more... Like that, that needs to be a little bit more uh, level-headed about the stuff that he's doing, and a little bit more. War- like, I love the scene where she's like, "He's like, well, I thought taking a bomber out would be a good thing," and she goes, "Yeah, you killed one bomber. We're trying to get access. We're trying to use him to get access to a giant terrorist network. You need to think more, like outside the box and more macro, not micro." And I, I love that because that's kind of where. That's what this this movie is for him, right? That is the themes of like, am I this blunt killing instrument, or or am I this instrument that should 
help affect real change. Yeah. You know, I do mm-hmm. think that they, um, the the whole arc with him, you know, learning that he can be better and learning that he wants to retire and and live a more chilled out life, very similar to like Ethan Hunt, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I would have rather had this maybe after a movie or two, because as somebody who really doesn't hasn't watched a lot of Bond movies, I understand who James Bond is, but watching a guy uh, immediately sort of get grounded by this character, Vesper, I feel like I hadn't seen enough for him to be grounded yet. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when that character change happens, you're you're supposed to know that this guy's been killing his whole life and stuff like that, but I think we saw, like, two instances of it. And it just, it hadn't, well, it didn't really carry the, emo- carry the emotional weight that I would have preferred it to had this happened in the second or third movie where we know he's been killing a lot of fools left and right. Well, that was, and then now this but, is where the big change right. happens. I, I think it's, it's, it's meant to be a fake-out, though, like, to, to be like, oh, you know, like, all this change is going to happen and then kind of cement the fact that this is why he's kind of this yeah. asshole that doesn't love and is super hardened by, like, life. You know? Yeah, the idea was supposed to be that she was like she was saving him before he needed before it was too late, and then by the end of this becomes too late, and you see James Bond, like he becomes the, the like he says the lines Bond James Bond. He's accepting, and a lot of people think that the idea of the Bond character is like a cover name. I don't think it is in the series, but but that moniker, it's, that it's mask not. that he puts on, the suit that he puts on, all of this is this armor that he puts on because he is now fully transformed into this like. Jared Leto was actually Joker the whole time. Oh, yeah. or, or no, Robin is what. But I'm I'll saying. agree. Like when you watched it in the- when I watched it in theaters for the first time, I was like, "Wow, this is interesting." Because you're right. Traditionally, you would have this be the third movie, right, mm-hmm. or the second movie where he has been killing for a long time. Which is why I always think the one-two punch of this movie and Quantum of Solace, if you view them back to back and kind of see them as as one movie, when we watch Quantum next week, just try to try to look at it as the third act to this story because that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Like, he goes on this sort of like. A little bit more redemption, revengey kick to like it's it's very cool, but I don't want I don't want to do anyway. Uh, this is my first time watching the movie. Which oh, is, um, cool. I uh, I thought it was fine. I, I wasn't really blown away, but and I think a lot of it is because of what Tim was mentioning earlier. Um, how I've I feel like I've seen a lot cooler stuff since mm-hmm. these movies came out, and it, it's sort of a, a, a I think of the parallel of like how everybody holds the wire in such high regard. Um, and the wire is fantastic, but after but it's watching a lot of and it's dated. after watching a lot of shows, yeah, and then you watch the wire, like the the big moments that should hit uh, don't hit quite as hard, mm-hmm. and I feel like that happens a lot with this movie. Um, I it, it, it towards the beginning of it, like the first 30, 45 minutes, I was really really digging it. I'd say maybe thirty minutes or whatever, uh, and then the the poker scene just just lost me. Like I oh. I was just I, I felt the tension there, and luckily. Shit happens to him to break up the poison, or, or like he gets poisoned, and that right. breaks up the game. And then they take an hour intermissions <laughs> every See, once in a while to break up the game, and that like brings back everything up for me. But for a while there, I'm just like, the, how, the, the James Bond shouldn't be doing cool spy shit. Like I, I get, I get this is what the movie's about, yeah. but I just don't. This isn't how I want to see. James Bond, I don't want to see him playing a poker match for an hour and a half. Like, I want to see him go do cool action-y things. And then there's the cool fight scenes, and uh, there's a great getaway scene, and, and there are really interesting things to look at. But uh, I just felt like, for a while there, I was just kind of like, oh, this movie's long. I find it interesting that it seems like, just from what we're talking about, that all of us like and dislike different parts of the yeah. movie. Like, I, I really, really actively dislike the last, like, 40 minutes. 
Like I think oh. that I, the poker scene is fucking awesome in my opinion. I think the whole beginning and all the setup is fucking awesome. And I think that it just like falls off a cliff. Like once the the girl – like there's too many like like backstab on backstab on backstab. Yeah, yeah. And it just hits a point where I'm just like, oh, man, this took me out of it. And like the action – I think the last action scene is like not fun to watch. The building kind of falling and all yeah. that stuff. It's like I'm over this. I kind of agree. I, I kind of agree. The, the last like, couple uh, minutes. It, it just, yeah, when, yeah, when, when like, he settles down and says, you know what, I'm retiring, blah, blah, blah. And I, I know obviously he's not retiring, right? There are several other more movies and something's going to happen. But I paused the movie and I thought, unless these movies have a long ass fucking credit scene. <laughs> oh, no. That's, <laughs> like, our, yeah, there's 30 our, minutes left. Like, uh, yeah, like there's still 30 minutes left. Unless the credits are maybe 20 minutes long or something, is the movie just going to sort of end on this weird note. And then, of course, the, the money exchange and all that that stuff. And I feel like that it wasn't satisfying enough for that to be yeah. the ending to the movie. Um, it really did suck to see. I, I, I loved the uh, Daniel Craig's acting with, with Vesper dying and, and, and him that trying to rescue her in the brutal. water. It's horrifying. It's yeah, yeah. It, I, that was really well acted, but I still don't really love a lot of that sequence. Um uh, so when I watched this movie when it first came out, I remember being like, it had cool scenes, but overall it was boring. Is what I felt. Rewatching it now, I really, really enjoyed it. Like throughout the whole movie, I, I thought that like while you guys are saying right now that the the poker scenes didn't do it for you guys, I well, thought I, I, I'm saying yeah, that Tim right. liked it. I really, really liked the poker scenes. I feel like the tension was like really built up. Well, I know that they have a uh, Matheson kind of giving you. Like for the people that don't understand what's going on, like oh the pot's on. No, that's perfect. I, yeah. You needed that. Yeah. Otherwise, I feel like it I don't would think be... everyone. Everyone. I, I feel like that is something they do well, for the, audiences. The issue for I have position. is that they have Mathis doing it, but they also have the dealer doing it, and it really is like, hey, we're going to beat you over this head with the rules of Texas Hold'em, which was a need. Like back in, let's call it like in 2006, Texas Hold'em was really really popular. So uh-huh. I guess they decided to have. A Texas Hold'em game, it also, Texas but I'm like, Hold'em why would you just do simple, five right? card stud, which is way simpler? Where it's just like, I, I like, I think they could have simplified those, but, but I, I, I give them kudos, yeah. for being like, hey, we're gonna take a we're break from the action, <laughs> and we're gonna have, we're gonna try to build tension with this poker game. I think, but I guarantee you're strong. never gonna see a scene like that in a Bond movie ever again. Yeah, I mean that's too bad. I feel like that tension is, is really, is. really. Well but I just done. feel like audiences yeah. now, like Tim was saying, we're so trained to have Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. where you do have like Mission Impossible is very formulaic. It's Quick story beat, boom, explosion action. Quick story beat, boom, explosion action. And that's what we're having. In this, I think one of the reasons why it's a little hard to follow and a little reason why why you feel like the third act drags a little bit is because we do have this non-traditional moment for like 30 minutes where he just is – it is that intellectual sparring match between him and Lashif where yeah, not a lot, a lot of t- – they're not literally, literally just sitting across from each other and you get really cool lines in it. Yeah. And I'm of two minds where I'm like – I find it boring, but I also oh, I, think so I also cool. love that they did it, yeah, and yeah. I love that they're like that's what this movie's about. He has yeah. to beat him at poker. He can't physically beat him with his hands. He has to use his brain. What the I biggest needed- misstep oh, I think this movie had uh, was I loved the how the poker thing was set up and like James Bond being smart. And we had it set up earlier that, that Lashif knows the odds, like knows how to do the math yeah. and all that stuff. That's great. But I didn't like the scene where Bond was when he first played poker with um, the the other dude in fucking Boca Raton, Florida, wherever the fuck they are. <laughs> Why did my big my, my, my only, real quick my, my yeah. problem with it is that he has two aces and it's just like none of that is cool or special or him using skill or whatever it's like he literally was unbeatable and it's just like that's a a weird thing to set up in the beginning of this movie where it's like he's unbeatable literally by chance and then later he's gonna like use his smarts to win it's like why show that no i mean he still he still wins by chance like the like 
what do you what do you have a he had straight, a, flush? A straight flush yeah yeah well i mean he's he still be- like the odds are extremely low the, right the idea was that he was supposed to be like able to find his tell but at the end of the end of the day mm-hmm. like he, he just be, he just beat him straight mm-hmm. up because he's a better poker player than him which i i liked but my 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 critique of the film stands less from the actual pacing and more from the production design aspect of it i just don't understand why they picked these environments for him to play poker in. The first time we see him play poker, which is supposed to be like the main thing that he brings to the movie, we're in this back room of a retirement home where they got Edna from fucking Reno, Nevada to come be the deal. She's like, all right, everyone, here's your buy-in. I'm like, this is the least sexy environment I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) The girl walks in in an evening gown, and you're like, why would she be wearing that in this? This is not glamorous at all. It, it seems like it seems like my grandma's retirement home had a bingo night, and James Bond just came in and won a fucking Aston Martin there. <laughs> and then we see the the main poker game. Like if this had been a Sean Connery movie, that setting would have been way more glamorous. And but instead, we're in like the bottom of a fucking uh, you know Laughlin, Nevada casino. I just I, thought it was I think weird. what I uh, needed was a team around him. Um, with there being two different planes of action where some other shit is happening in the background while while the poker match is happening to sort of offset and go back See, and I just forth feel like I the enjoyed and the action. I enjoyed how one pace yeah. it was, yeah. And then uh, just really quick to finish my opinion on this, um, yeah, I think it also falls apart in the last like 30 to 40 minutes where they just keep adding endings where it's like it could have ended with Matheson getting shocked and then be like, oh, we got it. And then later in another movie, kind of revealing like, oh, nope, you were tricked. But it just keeps going where suddenly he's in a relationship with this girl for, I guess, a couple weeks. And then suddenly they're in in, uh, Venice. And now she's running away. And now he's, you know, it's just they keep adding shit. And it's like, you can stop. It's okay. You don't have to set up the next movie this hard. It feels like what, what, like a feature that they would release after the movie, like for the DVD. Like, here's what happened after the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. it no, feels it, like something like that. What it feels like that I really What I really appreciate about it is, and again, I don't think you're ever going to see a movie like this because I think they've learned their lesson. I just don't think they can make it. But it feels like a book. It feels like you're reading a book. It feels like you're reading a Bond I mean, novel. This is a very where successful Where you keep movie. turning the page and you're like, oh, that's... Oh, we're now we're in Venice, so we're with these characters for a bit, right? You don't feel the urgency when you're reading a novel that it has to end. In fact, if it's good, you want it to keep going, right? And that's what this is. Well, I will agree, though, is that that last set piece, the last action piece, is the least... It's the most underwhelming action yeah. of the entire movie. We've got the amazing parkour match at the very, very beginning. We've got what I think is just a fun and creative sequence with a plane where he's, like, beating the guy in the car and has to then jump oh, yeah. all of this up. That's cool. And then this, we're just like, okay, he's just hand-to-hand fighting someone as a house is kind of slowly sinking into the water. I don't think that canal's that deep, by the way, but it, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it, that, it, we didn't need that scene to happen. I think it needed, from a story perspective, to happen, but from a... This is two and a half hours into this movie. Oh, we're going like you do feel a little drained by the time you get to it. And you're like, I don't need to watch him. And granted, there's a cool part where he gets a fucking nail in his shoulder and just rips it out. Oh, That's God cool. Damn. But we needed to get to that part where Vesper dies <laughs> and he feels something. Right? We needed that. But I think yeah, we could, I I think like we we could have cut out 20 minutes shorter, of this movie yeah. somewhere. It would have been okay. Yeah. Yeah. And totally. I, unfortunately, the only place I think you could cut it out was the, t- the fucking Texas Hold'em match. The last <laughs> All right. No. So before we get into the pl- – actually, I want to start the plot. But uh, for James Bond, we're going to do something special. We're going to rank the Bond intros. Oh. Love it. So let, let's start with this, Nick. Let's just, just talk about it. Man. Oh, the Chris Cornell intro. Now, this movie, 
This is 2006. I'm going to throw some knowledge at you. And I have no, I didn't fact check this, so I might be wrong. Great. But I'm pretty sure this is when the Trap Code Suite hit After Effects and everyone and their fucking mother was using 3D Stroke. Uh, what did I put? Oh, it's like 3D Stroke form and echo space. So everything was like echoing and like lines were being drawn everywhere. This just, I think someone just invested in this. And, and it's made a perfect this. example of what I was saying earlier it's so about dated. it's a sign of the times yes. where it's just like that was dope as. Fuck! But now you look at it, you're just like, right, it's super hot. Yeah, now we have intros that are like, and like there's particles and shit everywhere because they're just so easy to do. Yeah, they but, look like a Virtua Fighter character. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the idea that they were like, let's get Chris Cornell to do a song for this. And it was so good, they play it again in the ending credits at the end. I'm like, I, I love it. I love this fucking song I love too. the use of the theme in the score throughout yeah. the movie as well. It really it ties it all together. But just the colors, and as, as cheesy as some of it is, like the the... The outlines of the characters like exploding into, into hearts, into the hearts and the and the, spades the spades and, the diamonds and, stuff. and all stuff. So fucking cool. The reds and blacks. It's just like, oh my god, I love it. And also, like Chris Cornell and all. It's in theory, I should not like that song. And when you li- hear it, you're kind of like, this is weird for a James Bond theme. But then by the end of it, I'm like, I fucking love this shit. Like, I want to play it again. It's got a really good melody. I yeah. will say, um, and and you know, obviously, if you if this is your first time watching a Bond film, if you've never watched it before, this continues the tradition of really, really cool, artistically directed title sequences that bring in a high-level artist, like a musical artist, to do the theme song for it. Of course, you know, but back in the day, when Martin Campbell did uh, GoldenEye, he brought in Tina Turner to do the GoldenEye sound uh, song. And it to me is one of the hottest things ever put Who down. Who did Die Another Day? Uh, Madonna, Madonna did yeah, Die Another Day. Yeah, she did. Madonna did Die Another Day. I think, uh, let's see, uh, what was it? Um, Shaggy. Did yeah, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot who did mean? The World Is Not Enough. What was the one before that? It was uh, Die Another Day. Tomorrow uh, Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Tomorrow Never Dies was Shell Crow, I want to say. Killed Special Agent. Yeah. It yeah. And that was good. Tomorrow Never Dies <laughs> is dope as well. Yeah. And they're all great. And that's, that's, that's so fun because they, they don't need to do this. They don't need to spend the extra million dollars or whatever it is or $2 million to get Chris Cornell to write a fucking original song for this. But they do it. And if you're a Bond, so you know, cool. if you're a fan of the series, you get kind of hyped when you go, oh, who's going to be like this year? We were like, who's it going to be? And I think Barrett said it'd be Barrett cool if Billie Eilish. And we were like, that's dope. And then she made a song. And we were like, that's not dope. No, it's that's fine. not Adele. No. It's not not dope. But when so they announced that Adele was doing it's, Skyfall, it's though. It's so close it to the previous songs. I here's think. the deal of what we're going to do with this. We are ranking the intros, yeah. which means we're not ranking the songs and we're not ranking the motion graphics. We're ranking them. As a unit. All one. Okay. I'd like to not make this one for number one. So wow. currently this one, I also Huge. say number one. That's number one. crazy. There wow. we go. I put it as number five. Well, I'm just kidding. Sucks for you. <laughs> Having not seen any of the other ones, yeah. I'm going to guess that this ends at number four. I, You're wrong. I would guess this ends at number three or two. Okay. In my opinion. I would guess three. Because you have to remember, Spectre dude. was uh, Sam Smith, and I haven't seen the other. One. Boy, that that song is Both so indicative of that movie. And this, I, yeah, I did not like Spectres either way. But yeah. we're not talking about that today. Today we're talking about Casino Royale, Nick. Yeah. Well, Andy. Ding, 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 ding. Nick, time for the plot. Ladies, Nick's time for the plot. There it is. <laughs> it's the lyric, I guess. You got it, like, man. No time for the plot. I get it. Yeah. Right yeah. Good job, ladies and gentlemen. We start. In the past, it's black and white, and I love this. I've never oh, seen yeah, a Bond movie not? do this before. We just start black and white. A, D- a, a Dryden pulls up to his building. Wait, this isn't a thing? The no. black and white? I, I, not that I can remember. Hell of film grain. This is a This is a cool thought, flashback, I, and it's awesome. I thought awesome. that this was like a thing in the older ones where they start with the black and white. But I, I think you're wrong. thinking Mission Impossible. That happens. Wizard of Oz. Please don't touch me. 
Stop. <laughs> really quick, I uh, when I started the movie for like a good thirty seconds, I was like, "Fuck, what's wrong with the what's wrong with the?" Visuals? Did I rent the wrong movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, no, to the best of my knowledge, they've never they've never used this, but it's just a cool editing technique. It it, it immediately visually tells us, "Hey, we're we're back yeah. in time and past." Um, and uh, he pulls up to a building, rolls up to his office, and uh, of course, Bond's pulling the old, "Hey, I've been waiting here for you." Turns the light on, right, and we see his gun, and they have a great back and forth, right, where uh, where Dryden's like, "I'm a little disappointed because uh, I would have thought that." Of course, Dryden is the station head of wherever they're. I think they're in Berlin or something. Um, and he's like, "I'm a little disappointed because I, I would have thought that a man of my stature would have warranted a double." O coming after me and as far as I know you're not a double O because in order to be a double O you have to have two confirmed kills big dick and that's, what the, big old fat, that's what the big O's D. are they're kills exactly uh, and he, and then we get know. we get a great cut to his first kill which is the most gory fucking violent thing ever where he's just beating the shit out of a guy in a bathroom stall and then drowns him in the sink. Fuck yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then they have this other great, the guy has the great line of dialogue where he's like, oh, how did he die? He's like, your contact? Not well. Yeah. He's drowning him in the sink and he goes, basically that first kill is, is difficult, right? He made you feel it is what he says. He made you feel it, did he? And he's like, don't worry. Uh, the second kill is, and before he can get the sentence out, he shoots him and goes, Yes. Much like basically considerably, much, yeah, considerably. considerably. holy God. shit! <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This movie really starts Dark. off this way, and it's just fucking it's a poker match. I love. I, I mean, that's the, every back and forth is that, and it's I love so that. cool. Because before we get to that, he goes, he goes. Uh, you know, he has this great other line where he's like, uh, "Shame, we barely know each other, right?" And he pulls his gun, and as he pulls the trigger, there's no bullets in it. He goes, "Well, I know where you keep your gun." Fuck, that's something. God damn. Very, very cool. And of course, as he blow, as he shoots the guy, we get a cool little edit here where we see a picture of the guy's family. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was a quick flash frame of, like, as the camera moves and the guy gets shot back, we get a picture of, like, his family and the people that in his life. It's pretty interesting. Um, And then, of course, as he pulls it, the song kicks up. Mm -hmm. And we get the amazing – we get the classic – uh, uh, through the barrel, we're seeing him through the, the guy. Barrel. The bathroom it. guy pops up again. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. That's what it is. The bathroom guy pops up and he turns, and as he turns, he shoots him, and the barrel comes in, and it's the tr- it's the classic blood coming down, camera shaking as the the Bond theme so plays. Cool. In this case, it's the it's the amazing song by Chris Cornell. Uh, you know my name. We already ranked it at number one. Go on and, and then save yourself. At the end of it, exactly. At the end of it, we get a quick little graphic. I don't know if you guys caught this, but uh, Bond's double O status is confirmed. So yes. he's now a double O, which is cool. Uh, and then we cut over to Uganda, where Mr. White is meeting with Obano to discuss a deal about uh, him and his employer, Le Chiffre, uh, a bad guy, so dope, he cries blood and has asthma. Uh, Le Chiffre is a banker uh, who, I like this, he's just a banker. He's a guy that just believes in a, a reasonable rate of return. And I don't know if you know what Le Chiffre stands for, Mm-mm. but it's French the for chief. the number. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I looked that, that up you, Andy. <laughs> the chief. <laughs> chief. The chief. <laughs> it's, it's French for the captain. Uh, the chief, of course, calls his investors and tell, uh, tells him after he gets Obano's money to short all the shares of an airline company despite it going against the market. Uh, he's got a plan. We don't know what that is yet. We cut over to Madagascar where Bond is watching a cobra fight a mongoose. Yep. Okay. Fucking cool. Uh, Fucking cool. That mongoose is ready to go. Real tense, you know? You're just like, <laughs> I don't want any part of that. And I love this because, again, a lot of this visual storytelling here is is cool. It's a fucking dangerous thing fighting another dangerous thing. And you were like, maybe the cobra's going to win. But everyone knows the mongoose can fuck up a cobra. And I love this because this is Bond and the Schiff. And some might say Bond versus himself. Hmm. Wow. And his demons. Um I just love how like they're fighting, and of course he. What's up? The, the 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 two most obvious secret agents are in this area, and like nobody's paying attention because they're to super them. British. And well, else is not. The, the, the guy like uh, 007 is is like. 
Get your hand out of yeah, your ear. Like, yeah. Stop fucking. You guys, you they guys mentioned that in another movie. I forgot what what other movie we were uh, reviewing Probably in Mission the past year. And you mentioned like that there's a scene in in uh, uh, what Casino Royale. Yeah. Get put your damn head. Like, quit putting your hand up to your ear. Yeah, it's so great. He's like, what? What? He's like, you're a fucking moron. Of course, the bomber before he sees Carter do that, he gets a text that says ellipse, and you're like, oh, that's very cool. And then of course he sees Carter and realizes that he's been someone knows where he's at. So the chase is on, and unfortunately for Bond, they don't teach parkour at MI6 because this motherfucker knows what he's doing. And instead, of course, we 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 get what we in the industry call just a fucking brute motherfucking force so this God, is like skill so cool. versus this roaming tank of a man yeah, there's the that moment is james bond there's the moment where the the bomber dives through a like one of those like little, little holes windows, in the drywall yeah. yeah over the drywall and bond just breaks through the wall like a goddamn bull what i love so cool what i love though is that like i just wanted as the parkour bomber guy is like climbing up the the crane i just want to be like just stay down there and like what's he just look at him. Like, <laughs> like, if if the guy just stays up there, you're just like, all right, where are you going to go next? Like, I, don't have, I don't have to follow you tit for tat. You're going to jump on the next crane, and I'll look at you jump on the next crane. But <laughs> like, literally, the guy, like, ju- the guy, like, Climbs up the cranes and then Bond like runs up one of those giant, uh, I guess another crane. This crane versus crane, and and I, I just I just love how they they choreographed this because yeah, Kevin's right. Like they have these great moments where this guy uses like his stealth and his maneuverability to get around these obstacles, and Bond just runs right through them. There's a great part too where he's got he's on the man lift and he just hits the fucking hydraulic mm-hmm. part yeah. and just slams down, down. Yeah. and that's cool. Uh, of course, very very fun chase that ends uh, at the embassy uh, where Bond sneaks in. And then instead of, again, instead of using subterfuge or any sort of subtlety, he just walks right up to the guy that's running the embassy and punches him in the fucking face. <laughs> and then beats the shit out of the bomber and walks him out of the embassy at gunpoint. Um, very careful, of course, not to kill any of the people that work at the embassy because they're well, innocent. This scene is so cool the way he goes around not killing people, yeah. but also like shooting a pipe so it shoots water at it, hitting that dude in the face, pushing another guy down the stairs as... A squad is coming up the stairs. Mm-hmm. All a great of it is so cool like, until two people with, like at the yeah, same time until until the end where he shoots the tank and like it blows up and probably kills some people. Yeah, I probably that, killed a couple. That was people. funny because uh, that explosion happens and they do the top down view and there are no there's no person in the scene. Yeah. And then the next there's, scene, there's, there's yeah, pop up. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's like on the ground, like where were they? <laughs> so that so he uh, he gets the bomber and he's cornered out, outside and and so instead of letting the bomber go. He, he pulls out a second gun and shoots the bomber and then shoots the propane tank that explodes. I want I don't understand quite how this happened, and I'm going to chalk it up to the fact that the explosion did it, but there's a 2% chance that Bond actually ripped through those gates himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just throw that the out there. Because it looks like a goddamn wild animal yeah. blew, yeah. like, tore the gates open. It looked like a, a pickup truck went through yeah. the gates, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> but, like, I, the I rhino escaped. No. <laughs> but, like, in, in, the, in the blocking of the scene, like, in order for the explosion to have blown those gates up, it would have we had have to gone go through, through Bond. Yeah. So you have to think, like, did he just rip the... Doesn't matter. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Bond has uh, taken uh, the bomber's stuff and looks through his text messages and reads the word ellipse on, on the bomb maker's phone. What could that mean? But who gives a shit now because we're playing poker in the middle of a fucking sexy harbor. And there's sexy women and <laughs> sexy poker players, and we're over at Lashif's dope ass yacht where he's playing poker with again two nondescript old people. I don't understand <laughs> what the, that we go from this amazing shot of this beautiful model coming out of the water, and she walks in, and it's like 
my friend's two parents sitting over there playing poker <laughs> yeah. with the sheaf. And you're like, who are these fucking? Why are is that Bonnie Dean and Reginald? See, I, I <laughs> kind of so like it though. Like I feel like it really fits the vibe of what Lashif's doing. Where it's like it's he's a banker that's dealing with just like people with a lot of money. Yeah, I get it. Necessarily like they're all, they're not all bad guys. You I know get it. I mean? They're not all the guys. And <laughs> but when they do eventually bring in the the rogues gallery of poker players, they're a little weird and off too. And I like look the right. same like, thing. Those are people. All that I are wanted like, to see was that old Asian woman think... play some poker, and we didn't get to see it. We were robbed. It's, oh my god, man! It's just it's. Nick, it it's, was a it's little high weird stakes to me. poker. Like, have you ever seen what that those people look like? You ever see Danny Negreanu and then that one old guy who's like 190 who's still playing? Super serious though, right? The whole oh, time. Oh yeah, he just got the little cowboy head. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of the old so man cool. in, uh, in, uh, in characters. Uh, That's who plays poker. Yeah. It's true. It's true enough. Uh, of course, Lashif's Cards. playing poker with the heavy rollers, and you know the old saying: uh, "Play until when your eye starts bleeding." But his game is interrupted with the news that the bomb maker is dead, which interrupts his plans, and he's pissed. Back at Parliament, M just got chewed out by the powers that be, and she is pissed also. And she has a great line where she walks out and she goes, "In the old days, if an agent did something that..." embarrassing and have the good sense to defect dude what a great She's scene so i love cool. it because it immediately you could have no history with bond like everybody you get it even without that history, line right you there know is who perfect. she is kind of but like this scene you're like I get the relationship. I understand what's going on. She's just such a fucking badass. She's, She's like, sassy I'm here. Boss. So I love yeah, it. She fucking awesome. has such good moments that like later when he's like that's how I figured out your name too. It's and he, she's like, say one more syllable, and I'll fucking have you killed. Yeah. And he's just like, mm, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, we cut over to Bond, who's sitting in the dark, tracing the text message source uh, to a place in Miami, specifically a place called the Ocean Club. Uh, and it turns out that he's just, he's actually in M's apartment, which is weird. When she comes home, uh, she is not happy to do that. I think he's playing solitaire, which is cool. Like he's playing a card game of some sort. I couldn't pick up which one it was, but it's kind of again. I like that of just mm, him he sitting there playing cards. cards, but he has no one to play with but himself. Wow. Um, I didn't mean that in a sexual way. Uh, she gives him a tongue lashing, Shocker. of course, uh, and she tells him like, "Yeah, any thug can kill. I want you to take." Lashing. I didn't mean that sexually. She gives him a tongue lashing. <laughs> the old tongue lashing. Uh, oh, he's playing with himself. And they have that great. And, and again. They, <laughs> They have a great back and forth where she gives him shit because she's like, you killed the guy. And he goes like, well, I thought one less bomber in the world was a good thing. And she goes, that's your problem. Like, you didn't really think. You just acted. You're a th- like any thug can kill. I want you to take your ego out of the equation and judge the situation dispassionately. Basically, like, dude, think of the fucking the bigger ramifications of your actions, right? You're a 007 now. You're, you have to be a little bit more globally. Don't ever come to my fucking house again. <laughs> oh, and she goes, and if you, uh, yeah, I love that line. She's like, Bond, don't ever break into my house again. And you're like, and she's kind of looking over her shoulder as it is. And you're like, damn. Fair enough. That is fucking fair, right? Uh, and then she goes, she tells him to go uh, stick stick his head in the sand uh, and, and wait it out for a while. And he, of course, does that in style. And he flies into uh, uh, Miami and just looks so fucking good uh, as he gets off the plane. But it's a red herring because we hear the theme play and we see this beautiful environment. And then what does he get into? A fucking Ford Focus or whatever the hell that car was. Um, and I, I, in the theaters, I remember audibly laughing out loud. I was like, that was great yeah. because he's not Bond yet. He doesn't drive the Aston Martin yet. There's no reason for him to. He, he should be in a nondescript like rental car, which is all this is. And also, I'm pretty sure Ford uh, sponsored it. But um, he goes, of course, goes over there. Uh, let's see. He pulls up to the Ocean Club. And then we get a, a shout out from the cameo by two. I think it was two Victoria's Secret models. I think it was like, uh, I forget their names, but they were big at the time. And as he's walking by, these two girls look at him, yeah. and, and the, oh, yeah. one of them was—I um, didn't know that they were people. Miranda, Big not Q, Miranda Kerr. Yeah. It was the other one. Uh, it's the only one that I know. Ah, oh, crap! <laughs> I was just 
Kevin went through his knowledge bank. On I want to say it's I want to say Ariana Grande, but that's not her name. <laughs> no, it's something it's like definitely that. Not. It's something it was close like, to Adri- that. Adriana Lima, I think, was was one. Oh. Of them. I could be wrong. It might have been the other one. But anyway, two Victoria's Secret models walk by, that, yeah. and you look over like, oh, that's cool. They have <laughs> a little there. Yeah. And then of course, uh, two guys, uh, two fat cats, pull up with a Range Rover, and they try to get him. To, they're like, hey, park the car, and he's like, sure. Rude. And you think he's just being an asshole at first, and you're like, oh, that's not a smart thing to do because you've caused this big distraction now. But it turns out Bond is thinking globally mm-hmm. because that's the diversion he needs to sneak into the security room so that he can pull the footage uh, and try to figure out who sent that text message. And I love how matter-of-fact it is. Mm-hmm. I love how just, like, he gets the keys and, like, you can tell it's, like, it's... it's He's simultaneously thinking and doing it at the same time. Yeah. It's just, like, boom, boom, boom. Get in the fucking yeah. car. Fuck you, this shit. But you I gonna love, make me wait or are you gonna move my... And he's like, oh, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Like, I love, I, I love this. I feel like there's multiple times in this uh, movie where he has little moments of mischief. Where he like looks back at something he's done, and he's like, hmm. <laughs> I did that. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's definitely having fun. Of course, uh, as he scans through the security footage, you know that's going to be the that, sequel right? to No Time to Die. <laughs> <laughs> it's just he, gonna... You know what I'm talking about? Like later when he. Um... Bond putting whoopee cushions on people's seats. There was something else that happens later on. <laughs> well, the torture scene. Uh, no, no, but it was. Uh, maybe it was when they found the dead bodies uh, in the trunk. And oh yeah, the other guy, and they're both like, mm, uh, we got him. We got him. <laughs> that guy, that random chauffeur, his life is fucked forever oh, yeah. now. We screwed him over. Uh, of course, he he scans through all the security footage until he spots Demetrios getting out of a 1964 Aston Martin, uh, and uh, he he was like, okay, that's my guy, but I don't know who he is. So he goes over to the uh, amazingly good-looking blonde concierge and says, I'm embarrassed. The last time I parked her, I scratched. A 1964 Aston Martin, and I'd like to talk to the owner. She goes, "Oh, if he hasn't noticed yet, that's Mr. Demetrius. Says, if he hasn't noticed yet, I don't think you should tell him. He's not the kind of guy to take that news lightly." And then Bond goes, "But what if I felt compelled to tell him?" And it's like, I I, I don't find Daniel Craig attractive. And There's then something I, about him yeah. that I'm just like, you're you just look like an old guy. You're just jealous like, he's got better like, eyes than I, you, bro. I just saw him walk by these girls, and these girls fucking lose their minds. I'm like, are you with this guy? But then he says things like that. I'm like, yeah, oh. And oh, the great wow. accent, yeah. Shit. The, the thing I was telling Tim and and, uh, and Nick is that um, it, his facial features remind me of like they're so exact. They're so. Uh, Why didn't you tell me? Extreme. I, I didn't tell you, Kevin. I'm sorry, but he reminds me of a character in. Uh, uh, um, oh gosh, what was the video game I was just talking about? The uh, the the one Final Bethesda. Fantasy: The Spirits no, Within. No, no, no. The character design. <laughs> Dishonored. Oh, he reminds yeah. me, he, like his his facial features are so extreme. He reminds me of a dis- like he's a stylized. Yeah. His his brow is like super low and shit. Well, I wonder. And also, he's like kind of a weird he, kind of handsome. Yeah. I wonder also yeah. if they if they color correct it, so his eyes are more blue. They must, they and they must, must have because in have certain to. scenes his That's eyes not are possible. so <laughs> fucking blue. They anyway. really are. Uh, of course, uh, she goes, oh, that's Mr. Demetrius. He has a house down the beach. And you know what they say, Tim? The best way to get close to a subject when you don't want him to know that you're stalking him. Fuck his wife. Is to, <laughs> is to hide in plain sight. The old Nick Scarpino, man. And strap on the world's Wait, skimpiest. Wait, is it, did we see the wife yet? Oh, we saw the wife riding yeah, the horse. We, the wife's debut is, I'm just going to wear a bikini, and I'm going to ride a horse around a, a bunch of kids. A beautiful white stallion. Thus ensuring that as their local, lives have this embedded in their minds for the rest yeah, of them. Those kids got shot put into puberty <laughs> when they were watching this poor, this woman just ride this, ma- this beast down white sandy beach of... <laughs> I, what I thought was the Bahamas at first. Turns out we're just in fucking Miami, but whatever. Doesn't were they know, born, it, born in labs? Now it's time to rank those Ladies and... Fucking gentlemen, we have arrived. I think that in many ways, all of my life has built up. 
to this point. To I'm talking host, about this on a show. Nick Scarpino. This, to me, is the most iconic James Bond, Daniel Craig shot ever put on celluloid. And that's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the celluloid era. We're not doing this fucking digital bullshit for this movie unless I'm wrong. But I haven't checked. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Why would Daniel you? Craig <laughs> came out of coming out of the water in this little skimpy MMA Euro metrosexual bathing suit of his was an awakening mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And I like to There's think to myself, <laughs> one day, one day, I'm going to fucking finally get off my fat ass and get that jacked. And I'm going to recreate that scene just for my wife, who will not appreciate it and or care or pretty much know it's happening at the time. Because every time I'm in a pool, I do it. She does not look my way. Nope. It does you not don't matter. look like him, though. <laughs> Holy fuck, you look good. But he I looks, will say he this looks Kevin. better in the scene later where he's when he's being tortured because I think he dehydrated himself a little more. He's got yeah. more definition in his muscles. But his body in this looks fucking phenomenal. It's funny that you say that Nick doesn't look like that because while we were at the Best Buy and Tim is buying the box set, <laughs> I don't know. Nick is also holding the box set and he goes, what would you do if I looked like that? <laughs> what would you? I fucking love it. I, I didn't no, know. I will say I this, adding to, to this scene for a second, Nick. Is for the amount I talk about Fast and Furious and in the eyes and ears of many of the listeners out there, we're like, okay, we fucking get it. I will never forget first starting at IGN in 2010 or whatever I did, which was at this point years after this movie had come out. And like, for all intents and purposes, this movie was irrelevant then. Like, James Bond, that was after Quantum, which was like a low point. No one gave a fuck about James Bond at this point. I swear to God, Nick brought up this scene every single day. Every <laughs> I, single day, he found a way I to bring it up. I photoshopped Fran's head on onto yes. his body multiple times. Yeah. The lighting cracked, and it was great. And it's just like the amount of times it came up was shocking. <laughs> but here we are. And when you watched it, did it affect you? It did. It really did. What's up, Barrett? He looked uh, great. Just really quick, uh, we are in the Bahamas right now. It's yeah. later when he's chasing he Demetrius. Demetrius They're is going Miami. to Miami. Oh, okay, so he, he drives from the Bahamas. Yeah. To, oh, does he fly over there? Yeah, he they flies. Yeah, when they go to oh, they Quick reference okay. of, of, like, that makes more sense. The girl, that makes more like, sense. Or doesn't bang. Almost bangs. He's Almost like, I'm taking bangs. the last flight to Miami. Oh, uh, right. but Nick, do you want to do the little fun segment we have? I there? would like. We have a new fun segment we for do. everyone, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, Bond is both about uh, the physicality and also the fashion. Uh, one of my friends, fellow comedian Janesh Rollin, has decided to be our fashion correspondent uh-huh. for the entire Bond series, and he's going to give us 15 seconds of fashion starting now. Well, here we go. We're going to go into it. That's probably this motherfucker. <laughs> this is good. Hey, my name is Janesh Rollin. Some of you may recognize me as Nick's young Indian lover from Instagram. I wanted to talk about Daniel Craig's fashion in Casino Royale. Because this is a really good show of how his character has evolved over time. Because in the beginning of this movie, he was just getting to become a double O for the first time. And it was apparent in his outfits because they were a lot more casual and he wasn't as comfortable in the suit until the end when he's finally in a three-piece suit. Because no man is forced to wear a three-piece. He wears it because he has class. Thank you. All right. Thanks for that killer insight. <laughs> the fashion of James Bond. There we go. I, there we go. I, I do love that, that uh, like... We could have done without the power outlet in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't need No, that. my favorite thing was like, to bring it up again like, real quick. One. Just the image. I love that the wide glass is like <laughs> it, the, the focus and in the foreground so much that it looks like the world's biggest <laughs> It looks like a giant chalice. Around, man. I fucking love it. Dude. I also love that he texted me the night before. He's like, uh, I'm going to do this shirtless. And it wasn't a question. 
Oh. It was just, I'm going to do this shirtless. Fantastic. And I was like, you should do it shirtless. Yeah. You absolutely should do it. That is a big-ass wine. <laughs> That's that wine a big glass. wine glass. <laughs> That's really, really great. Uh, all right. So we cut back over, and M gets a call from her, uh, I guess, little right-hand man, Villers, who snitches on Bond, says he's looking at Alex Dimitrios, a known associate of Le Chiffre. Uh, he heads over to the bingo table at the old folks' home to pay, to to pay uh, play the most Wait, exotic of all gambling games. Uh, real quick, Texas Hold'em. He he hits him up and he's like, "Hey, he's looking up uh, this guy right. using your login." How the fuck did he get my password? <laughs> <laughs> Another good moment of yeah. like, "What the fuck, man? This guy's annoying. Why did I promote him?" So the fact that this is in the Bahamas, originally I was like, "Oh, this is in the Bahamas," and I thought I had it wrong, so I thought I had it in Miami. But the fact that this is in the Bahamas again is exactly what I'm talking about. Why? Is this in the back room of my fucking Grandma Scarpino's old folks' home? Where? Why did notice, they cast? I didn't notice this at this, all. This, but like, none of this is glamorous at all. None of this is sexy. And there's why would this guy who is this multi-millionaire fucking like bad guy, like funds terrorists? Why would he choose to spend his Saturday and night yeah. at this place I agree. with? Fucking uh, Florence, the the the, the dealer the they fucking machine. they trucked in from Reno, Nevada. <laughs> the but this this isn't Le Chiffre, right? This is the other dude. Yeah, but they're all. But like the 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 idea behind Bond was always supposed to be that everyone was like glamorous and dangerous Elegance. and sexy. I, and in I, this, it literally the, looks like Laughlin, Nevada. I, I thought this guy was very much a middleman that was just getting Le Chiffre a contact with a bomber. They okay. did mention that, but we saw his house that is an amazing mansion on the white sandy beaches with his. Gorgeous model wife and his amazing weeks. 1964 Aston Martin. So everything else in this guy's sure. life is sexy and cool and exotic and something to own and something to collect. And then he goes, you know, we gotta go. I gotta go to my fucking my my grandpa's club because he wants to see me. It's so I gotta go over club. there. It's and then those two. Club. And then it's also punctuated by the two overweight white dudes that are just sitting at the bar, like, ah, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> they were there for the buffet. Yeah, they, <laughs> literally. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, they're playing Texas Hold'em, which I always thought was a weird choice. But uh, Demetrius, it turns out, is an asshole to his wife, so Bond beats the brakes off of him and wins his famous 1964 Aston Martin, which I thought was a really, really fun little nod to how Bond would have had a car like that. It doesn't have a lot of money, so the fact that he was able to win it in a poker match I think is really, really cool. Like, um, why would you be in this line of work if you're not making fucking bank? What, Bond? You know? Yeah. Because you like to kill people. He has a fucking license to kill. Literally. No, I mean, he's probably making bank, but he just probably hasn't bought the car, you know? Sure. Well, back at, so, uh, I, I can't remember if they, they said it or not, but, like, it was always sort of understood that Bond just, like, when he won money and shit like this, just had it. Like, he kept it. Oh. So, I don't know. Because he always had this lavish lifestyle, and you're like, there's got to be an expense report somewhere. Sure. Some accountant somewhere is like, yeah. dude, the fucking 89 Bollinger? Like, <laughs> it's a fucking $2,000 <laughs> bond. Uh, of course, Demetrius, uh, he wins the car. And I, again, I like this. I like that this is how he wins the car. What I don't like is that, if you notice, this car is just a normal car. It is a vintage 1964 Aston Martin. At no, Just pay special attention to the fact that at no point were machine guns installed in the headlamps or was armor installed in the siding or the glass? This is just a normal car. Just keep that in mind for two movies from now when we see it again. And it's not a normal car. <laughs> no future spoilers, Nick. Okay. Stop. <laughs> and it makes no fucking sense and completely and totally destroys the grounded nature that this world is. It set. got retrofitted. Just man. letting you. Yeah, go. yeah. He went in there. He sure. went in there. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, okay, so I've already talked about how the dealer looks like they stole her from Laughlin, Nevada. Bond, <laughs> of course. Uh, what's that? No, they're just two people. Boo! Just stop, Nick! <laughs> I'm just saying, if you like this movie, you can't like Skyfall. Uh, Bond gives Demetrius a ride home, and I love that she goes, you live very far. He goes, I oh live pretty God. close. So unnecessary. Get in the car. 
So in the best way, though. Yeah, that would get me so horny. fucking wet, I'd slide yeah. right out of my dress. Jesus, oh my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why? Uh, God, it's grabbing. I was about to read the ad, too. Yep. I on. guess <laughs> not. We'll do it a couple more minutes. Uh, everyone be cool. Don't talk about your, your boy parts being wet. The Shifra tells Demetrius to light God. up another bomber. Uh, meanwhile, the bo- uh, Bond is lining up a drop uh, to drop a, a bomb on the ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wrote that line. Okay, I had to delay it more. We got to delay the ad no, more. It's okay. It's okay. I, I give it up on reading it for uh, a while. Bond, of course, We're at this scene. So Bond plows Demetrius's wife for information. Yeah. Yeah, but he does he it. penetrates uh, her to get information. Penetrates her soul, yeah. uh, and then of course finds out that he's uh, that Demetrius is taking the last flight out to Miami. Uh, and then we have this great moment where Bond goes, "We're going to need more champagne." And he orders it, and they go, he goes, "What? No, for one." And you get the point that later. he's, he's going to lead her. Boom. He's going to leave her there. Boom, Welcome and to he Miami. takes off. Exactly. Damn. Bienvenido a Miami. Huh? Uh, Bond and Bond follows Demetrius uh, to this the weirdest exhibit ever. That was actually a real exhibit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Which what was it called? The human body, or like the body inside something? I yeah, can't remember. and it's yeah, it's cadavers that have been like muscles have been removed, mm-hmm. skin's been removed to expose structures underneath. Uh, he looks over and he sees Demetrius like drop a, a a bag off, and then he gives like his little key to wherever the bag is. I guess uh, puts it on the on the table. Bond sees that, <laughs> and I'll tell you this: I want you guys to play again. I I'm not going to say that the American CIA is far superior. To MI6. I'm not going to say that, okay? I've never gone through either programs. But I will say that nobody knew who fucking Felix Leiter was, okay? Did you see Felix Leiter ever other than when he wanted you to see him? Was he in the scene? Maybe. We don't know because we didn't see him. (laughs) But what 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 we did see is that every single time in this movie Bond tries to follow someone, he fucking fails miserably at it. Every time. Every time. So So I don't know what they're teaching people at MI6, but it's certainly not parkour and it's certainly not how to tail a subject. (laughs) But it is definitely to do a very quiet dance with a knife. Oh, that was dope. It was dope. And, he turns back like, around him, and then he stabs him in the heart. This man's dead. And then now. he goes, and then he covers his face and he goes, Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. It was one of those moments that I'm like, Oh, he just killed me. I, I, I just don't understand why you're giving Felix all this credit. He wasn't there. You're just implying. You don't know if he, he was there or not. There. Because if you wanted to see moment. him, he'd see him. <laughs> <laughs> he also no didn't one stop the plane from getting exploded. I'm just saying, Bond. We we see it again later when he follows. Okay, so of course he, he kills the guy. Looks over. Uh, the key is gone. The bag is gone. He goes crap. Thinking with his brain, he goes, "Oh, I'll call the number." And when he does, he sees the bomber pickup guy. He goes, "Hello, cool. I'm gonna follow that guy." Follows him to the airport, and then of course, again, immediately gets spotted. I don't understand why Bond doesn't understand. He sticks out like a fucking hey, sore thumb okay. everywhere. Can we talk about the way he got spotted though? Through the like the dude. Like, Looking at the sunglasses or whatever, sees him in the mirror. And why Bond's just like this. Bond looks over, and then we see him just drop down. Yeah. Like, oh. why did they show us that shot? Like, show him to just not be there. Like, or show so the car going in front, in front, you know? Because that's in what, the airport at this No, no, but they, they had a, uh, it was one of those, like, the, the ones they use to help people transport people. Like, when he looks back and he's gone, you see the tail end of that, one of those driving by. And it's like, okay, he's clearly sneaking behind it. It's fucking weird. Bond doesn't know. Another knows. story like about that of him just dropping down and just feeling like, really fucking weird. Speed of the time we bought the, the DVD or Blu-rays when we were at Best Buy with Nick. <laughs> we had lost Nick. We were all a group leaving. Nick was way in Best Buy somewhere. And I just go, Nick, to get his attention. And he just pops up like a prairie dog. <laughs> and his head was perfectly above the aisle. Just an inch like, above the aisle. It was so perfect. That was super fun. Uh, and then you fought a cobra. 
I fought a cobra. In, 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 like, a like a mongoose. Like a little mongoose. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would definitely be the mongoose, not the cobra. Thankfully, uh, he spots the dude. They go. Uh, he spots the dude coming out of a dressing room or someone's like, hey, someone left a bag in the dressing room. And he's like, oh, he must have changed. And he looks over and he sees the guy uh, has changed into a security guard outfit. But before he could get to him, the guy goes through a security door and he's like, crap, I don't know what to do. I'll call mom. So he calls M and he's like, hey, just get her on the phone. And Villers is like, oh, I'm sorry. She's busy right now. And he's like, dude, I'm calling at 10 o'clock at night. What do you think I'm just calling to say hello and see what she had for lunch? See if mom took her pills? No, get her on the damn phone right now. I don't like you call her mom. Because also, it's an eight-hour difference between the UK and... Because somebody, <laughs> somebody is about to blow up something at this airport. There's a bomb at the airport. And he goes, okay, hold on, I'll get her. And then Bond, of course, realizes, oh, wait. Ellipse looks at the thing. Ellipsis. Goes, Ellipsis. Ellipses. Maybe. Nope. Ellipsis. Ellipsis. Yep. <laughs> Maybe that's the code to the door. <laughs> I didn't know he was gonna keep going to that. Okay, that's it. Boom! It's the code to the door, yeah, and then he goes, "Crap! I gotta, do, I gotta get all these people out of here because I don't know what the bomb's gonna do." So he pulls the fire, uh, the fire alarm. Everyone starts running. The bomber, not swayed by this at all, very wet. It's just like I'm gonna keep going because this is my job. Who pulled the alarm? Was I thought the bomber, the bomber did. I thought that. the oh, bomber, bomber pulled the alarm yeah. to distract stuff. Okay, and well that makes more one. sense yeah. then. Yeah. So it's confusing to befuddle everyone. Uh, and then of course, Bond <laughs> is still on the phone with M, and M goes, "Oh, we figured out what he must be trying to bomb." I, I like that. Like this, man. It's crazy when it's it's in this time period where it's like mid. 2000s, mm-hmm. where the, use the search. No, no, no. The oh. search. Oh, oh, that shot was hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> no, but like the search where like the dude Googled like the airport. The websites always look so weird. Oh, yeah, they're weird. Oh, also, phones in general. Yeah. Well, the fact that they're using flip phones for this whole thing is, is pretty amazing. Sony well, the flip phones are really like, hey, that was Sony Ericsson's. I think this is still back Sony when, was all over when Sony shit. had the sponsorship because I think uh, I think Sony did well, all the Sony. broad movie. Oh, is it? Oh, because it's Sony Studios. That's right. Yep. That makes sense. Um, of course, uh, they Google it and they figure out that uh, the Skyfleet prototype is being unveiled there tonight. Why they're unveiling a plane at again ten thirty at night? Biggest plane. <laughs> it's big. Just this big ass. Plane. It's a big ass plane. <laughs> and there's like a guy in the corner like, "That's a big ass plane." They're <laughs> <laughs> like, "Wow, they said it was big." <laughs> no, what I don't understand is if there's a terrorist act and someone blows up your plane, would that really just ruin your company? When it's the biggest plane, it's like the Titanic ship sinking. No, not at all. It's the exactly Titanic like hit a, an iceberg. That's yeah. something like that's like they didn't make if Titanic they had too. hit a bomb, they they made three Titanics. The not, they, iceberg was a right, terrorist. The, Catalina. the the nine Niantic or there's there were three of them. Tim Niantic made Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Mm. Named after the Titanic. Niña Pinta Santa Maria. I, I don't know because you you think that the only thing that would would drive stocks down would be if there was a big mechanical failure exactly. like they had with so the like, seven whatever the, the last one where right, the they were seven, like oh shit we can't land this yeah. fucking thing because we didn't buy the right security protocol for the whatever the thing you yeah, know they screwed yeah. that up. Oh that's um, bad. That would tank your stock prices. But even that, not, I'm pretty not sure United someone or hitting Boeing it with a back. gas like thing. That's well the idea is. Maybe there's a, a terrorist are out for this thing, and it, no one's going to want to take these flights if people don't like it. Perhaps, I don't know. Perhaps. Either way, it was a momentary. All he was hoping was that the market would dip so that he could make money off right, of right, this. Right. And he's done it before. They, they mentioned there's another thing that happened. Yeah. And someone similar. made $100 million off. Cool After bad 9/11, stuff. After 9-11. Pretty cool. And, this, and that's what I, I want to – again, we should stop there. I like that this movie – this is not about a world-ending thing, right? It's not about someone has a fucking giant There's space no laser. There's no nuke. There's no, There's no end of the world the that Bond has to. It is just a seemingly difficult situation that he has to people, use his wits and his and his physicality. People to in overcome. the chat keep saying it's a prototype and that they're going to lose all the money. That's not how stuff works. Like the, all the money is invested in 
the like R&D. designing the yeah, prototype. Yeah, but you know that because you're a scientist, Kevin. I know, but, but these idiots don't know shit. You know what I mean? Look at this. Well, either way, uh, he's just hoping to drive the stock prices down so he can <laughs> yeah, make money yeah, off yeah, it. That's yeah. the idea behind it. And it's kind of cool, but he's, of course, gambling, as we later learn, with his clients' money. And his clients are not the kind of people that like to lose their money. Mm-hmm. They're fucking psychopaths mm-hmm. who want to cut people's arms off. How do you get a machete into a hotel? That's he didn't my want to oh, cut you the You see arm the way off. he had it just in his jacket? It was cool, man. That motherfucker had a the whole pocket of a machete in this movie was a moment. Insane, yeah. I wish I had some need to carry a machete around. like allowed in my room, I said, this motherfucker's got a machete. (laughs) (laughs) It was just so out of nowhere. Not even a word of protest on that. You gotta get a better boyfriend. Uh, Of course, we get a cool scene where it's back and forth and they're beating the crap out of each other and the bomber puts a little keychain bomb on the uh, gas tank, starts driving it toward it, uh, bails out, but right before he does, Bond grabs his pants. You don't know why. You're like, that's a weird thing to do, but you kind of know in the back of your mind, like, he's gonna want that bomb on him. Uh, This whole scene was so cool I think it's cool. I like how he gets on the truck. He runs up one of the little little, uh, stairs, the mobile stairs then jumps onto it but like that happens like twice during he, the he sequence and it's, hey, it's shout on, out to daniel off. craig running yeah. you know we always talk about ethan hunt running and uh, god damn I, is it tom cruise the i don't want to compare i don't want to compare yeah, the running we can't compare but I'm, what i'm saying tom is definitely better at running it's, yeah. it's no yeah no tom daniel craig's way better at running no, no way tom Dude. cruise running looks he looks like he's, fucking terrifying he looks, looks like a t-800 running at you he looks like he looks like a child whose only thing in life is running that's my thing that's what i do Daniel Craig looks like, uh, let's put it this way. (laughs) Ethan Hunt looks like he's running away from something. Daniel Craig looks like he's running towards something. Nick, we said we wouldn't compare this running, but like, yeah, I don't care. Tom Cruise looks like he's gonna murder you and he's gonna catch you. No matter, if you get on a car and you start going faster, it doesn't matter what vehicle you're in. He's just gonna speed up. You put Ethan Hunt against fucking Daniel Craig, James Bond, and James Bond. Murders him. You're crazy. Fucking oh. mercs oh my God. him. Mercs him. Do you ass. not remember the line when fucking Alec ass. Baldwin is like, uh, he is your destiny or whatever? <laughs> like, do you not remember that? Awesome you, did you lunch? remember the part in Mission Impossible 3 where he runs through a fucking wall? Oh, wait, it didn't happen in that movie. It happened at the beginning of this movie. He runs through drywall. <laughs> what? Drywall. There's oh. got to be a support stud in there somewhere. No. I, I do want to say I do want to say this. Uh, uh, you would have seen of, it broken off. That's fair. In that's one fair. of the earlier scenes that's during fair. all the parts, Core where Daniel Craig drives the vehicle through the thing, mm-hmm. like good for him for knowing that those windows are bulletproof because he, he gets shot at. He doesn't even fuck. It doesn't phase him. And he just uh, but, goes, but pink, pink. And why are they bulletproof? Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> why is a tractor's windows bulletproof? That's a needless expense for something that's never going to get shot at. You would assume. Wait, uh, so when you want to do the ad read, I'll get to it. Okay. We're brought to you by Indochino today, and I'm really hoping a suit gets brought up soon so I can segue from it, but I don't know. Remember when she picks well, the suit we'll for get him? That, we'll get yeah, there in about it's a while. 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, no, I, I know it's going to be a while. So you know what, ladies and gentlemen? Let me tell you about our sponsors. Today's episode brought to you by, guess what? Indochino. Here's the thing, man. Making a suit, it always just makes you feel better. You want to look like James Bond? You too can do that by going to Indochino.com or if you want, there's Indochino uh, places, stores you can go to all around America. Uh, you get to choose all the personal touches, including your lining, lapel, and monogram. The customizations are all your choice, and there's no extra cost. You get to choose from hundreds of high-quality suit fabrics to pick the color, pattern, and weight that you like best. Weight, an overlooked thing when it comes to, to suits. Like, you, you think it's all about the looks. It's all about the feel as well, Andy. You know what I mean? you got to look good. you got to feel good. I've never even thought about that. I've never considered the weight of a suit. Yeah, man. Wow. It, it matters a lot. Uh, Indochino also sells custom shirts. Shirts, coats, and chinos, so you can get a full custom wardrobe and stay looking fancy, looking fine. Um, and like I was saying, they have showrooms across North America where one of their style guides can take your measurements and walk you through your process. Uh, 
or the, the process, or you can do it all from home at Indochino.com. And it's great because once you do it once, your size is saved. And anytime you're looking for stuff, you don't need to like re input everything. It just like remembers you and it, it like recommends you stuff. It's really fun and nice. Uh, right now, you get an extra $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering morning at checkout. Uh, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code morning for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more for high quality custom suits for an off the rack price. Next up, I want to give a shout out to Upstart. And most of us have found out the hard way getting into debt is easy and getting out is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows that you are more than your credit score and offer smarter interest rates to help you pay off high interest credit card debts. One of my best friends was going through some issues recently, and uh, Upstart made it easy to consolidate all the stuff into just one thing, which is a lot easier to focus on. Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. They believe that you are more than just your credit score. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate uh, for yourself from the burden of higher credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart's ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com slash morning to find out how, how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash morning. And finally, shout out to Manscaped. Here's the deal, guys. We've all been there, Kevin. You know what I'm talking I've about. I've made my balls. I've had blood everywhere. And that's horrifying. Horrifying. And I don't hurts. know if you've ever looked down and just seen a trail of blood. It is terrifying. Let's try to minimize that. Um, please. Please. And you can do that with Manscaped, specifically their Lawnmower 3.0. No more cuts and nicks with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. This is their third generation trimmer featuring advanced skin safe technology so you can keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Ow! I nicked my balls. Tim, what do I do? I hate you that You should use I the lawnmower. Three, I know. I really it do. It bothers too. me so much. Sorry, let me try it again. It. Ow! I need my balls. Oh, man. Let's not forget about the charging stand. <laughs> Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. So you can show off your lawnmower for other people that are coming over like, wow, I bet Nick's balls are looking great right now. Oh, man. Thanks to Manscaped, they are tight. (laughs) (laughs) You need to try this for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code morning at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you and your balls can also look like most of our balls are kind of funny. Um, Because I've been using this. You've been using it too, right? Yeah, Bear got good balls. Good, smooth, <laughs> anyway, balls. back to it. 20% off free shipping with code MORNING at manscaped.com. Back to the plot. Uh, of course, they're fighting, fighting, fighting. The guy rolls out of the truck, and Bond has to pull a, uh, just a quick, fast one and, and skids toward, like, within a second inch of it banging into the, the, the thing. Now, granted, you Is have this to where give... we get the dun-dun-dun shot? No, that was before. Okay. So he what realized, the hell? He, realized, he saw that? the dead body. He was like, oh, the guy's going to go for the truck. <laughs> so uh, uh, gets out of the truck. Of course, a bunch of security guards, a bunch of Miami sheriffs or whatever, the uh, airport security, come in, and they, they get him onto the ground. Like, get on the ground. They beat the shit out of him, and they put him on the hood, and then he locks and eyes. And then he looks at him. He looks eyes. That's another yeah. mischief. What did I call it? A little, Mis- a little mischievous mm-hmm. moment. Mischief. Mischief managed. Moments of mischief. Moments of mischief. That was another one. He's like, oh, we got you. So he looks you. at the guy, and the guy looks at him. He's like, I got you, man. You don't understand. And he pushes the button. and goes, beep, 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 beep. And he's like, oh, why is my ass beeping? Looks over. And Bond, of course, had hung the, the Bond on. Bond. He's like, and it's mm. great. Because they do this totally thing where they're like, we don't feel like lighting this. So let's just do an artificial like It's kind of like a little bit of a flash frame. And they shook the camera. And it just the guy exploded off camera. And it was great. 
It's fine. Yeah. It's I fine. didn't. Need, I didn't need, need. I didn't need to see him explode. You know. Uh, we got it. The next day, Bond and uh, and M discover Demetrius's wife. She's dead in a hammock, uh, and so M puts a chip in Bond, like we wanted to do to Kevin one day too. Yeah, Just uh, fucking. I mean, like, like tangled yeah. in that uh, thing. Th- these were, those are two things I didn't expect from this movie. Yeah. Like uh, she's dead. First off, like him stabbing him in the public. <laughs> yeah, in an art seemed, gallery, uh, and then <laughs> the wife dying at, as a consequence of him killing the guy because she was the only one who had answers. Like, well, yeah. So this I was just like, holy shit, this is really dark. So. Really lucky the dude didn't start screaming. Because, yeah. like, I get stabbed a second. Ah! Ah! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! All right, you yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a real good like, point. I would not in any way try to go quietly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even when you do, when you do, when they're at with the thing where they're trying to stab each yeah. other, I'd be like, help! Yeah. He's murdering me! <laughs> he has got a knife! <laughs> and piercing blue eyes! Uh, of course, Le Chiffre has just, uh, Le Chiffre has just uh, lost $101 million, so he's like, someone talked, and of course, he just assumes it was the wife. I have no idea how he did it. He knows it's her, but apparently she has a history of just snitching on people, so let's fucking kill her and wrap her up in a hammock in the most gruesome and, and contorted way. Uh, so M explains to them, she goes, hey, uh, this is all a sheaf, and he just lost a buttload of money, which explains why he set up a high-stakes poker game at the Casino Royale in Montenegro. What a cool ass uh, If he loses the game, we can turn him and use him for information on all his clients. Uh, Bond, unfortunately, is the best player in the service. She wishes that wasn't the case. And she, and she goes, I, I, would, uh, I would say, I would ask, that, uh, sorry, I hope that you can remain emotionally detached but I don't think that's your problem, is it, Bond? As he's looking at this woman whose life he basically just threw away. Great line. And she's like, does she know anything on you? Does she have anything? Does she know your name? And he's like, no, but she does. Which is weird. Does she know his name? Well, she's dead. She, she called him James. Dead men tell no tales, man. Oh, James. Yeah, but before she but died, yeah, she the, yeah, she was tortured. It's like she knew you were Timothy. That's useless information. Old Jimmy. Yeah. Sure. Jimmy B. Jimmy I B. I think it was a weird line to include when does she Does she know anything about <laughs> you? Yeah, that I, I come too fast. But he didn't have sex with her. Can you imagine? Like she was I, like, I um, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have sex with this guy, and then he's gone. Later, someone comes and knocks on the door, and you're like, oh, you're back. Oh no, people to torture me. Help! What a <laughs> <laughs> this guy's here to kill me. <laughs> of course, uh, no one would hear because you're in a fucking old folks' home yeah, where everyone's right. deaf and probably asleep at seven o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. Uh, Okay, so we're on the train to Casino Royale, uh, and this is where Bond uh, is sitting in this cool compartment, and who does he meet? Who walks in? Vesper. That's right, Vesper Lind, the representative from the bank who is staking him in the game, uh, and she has a great line where she says, I suppose you've given thought to the fact that if you lose, the British government will have directly funded terrorism, and Bond's like, I don't lose, unless you count that woman that I just got killed. Yeah. That's probably an L on my record. Really right bad. Now. Oh, that's part. not a loss. That's a loss for her. Uh, they have this right. fun. They, no. That's uh, like even for him. It's I mean, not a win, not a let's lose. Let's put it this way. When you marry a guy who who like helps fund terrorism, that's, like you, someone's probably going to come knock on your door and kill you in a hammer. He, he gave a man a bomb. She thought she was going to get laid, man. She was like, oh, my she husband's was ready going to Miami. My husband hasn't touched me in a while. Yeah. And this dude's got, this guy is not afraid to wear a, a children's size small baby suit. <laughs> <laughs> this guy fucks, okay? This guy fucks. And clearly uses manscaped.com because he's not, he's hairless, hairless from yeah. the eyebrows down. Beautiful. Uh, of course, they have, they start uh, immediately sizing each other up and, and, the, and he, they play this fun game where he tries to profile her and he's uh, he's wrong, basically. And then she tries to profile him and she gets him dead to rights. Which is Wait, like, was, oh, you she, are. Was, she, was he wrong? Yeah, because she's like, I'm getting a guess orphan. And she's like, I'm not an orphan. But he's an orphan. But it's funny that you mentioned that yeah. because you're 
Norf. He he gets her kind of right, you. where he's like, you you know, you yeah, have to exist you. in this man's world, and you have to act tougher than you are, and all this stuff, and and all these things. But and she, but she sizes him up, and she I, I love how she profiles him. She's like, you look good in a suit, but the but but you look uncomfortable, which means you don't want to be wearing it, which tells me that you had to you grew up in the in a lower class society, but you went to boarding school, and you were you never felt at home there. And she goes, because you mentioned orphan, I'm thinking. Like no no one unless you were an orphan would think that you wouldn't just normally assume that. So I'm thinking you're an orphan as well, and he doesn't confirm or deny it. But it turns out that maybe he is an orphan. We don't know. And then this is all sexy and great. Well, you told me no more future spoilers. I know. Wait, whoa, whoa, hey, no more future spoilers. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. Mookie. Maybe he's got five parents. Maybe all his parents are him. He's a clone. Shut the fuck up. Solidus. You only found that out in the novel, though. That's fair. Oh wow. Yeah, the novel before (laughs) they didn't know cloning was a thing in the 50s. But whatever. Uh, Then we get probably the most unabashed product placement I've ever seen in my entire life where she goes you have a pension for uh, nice suits and nice watches and she goes Rolex and he goes Omega and it's like we we didn't need that line we didn't need the five shots of his watch in this but I get it Omega is sponsoring this and of course Rolex used to be the sponsor Rolex used to be the watch of James Bond back in the day Uh, and then I guess I think when the producers came to them in Casino Royale and said hey we want you to uh, not Casino Royale excuse me uh, in some of the later movies like uh, Goldeneye they of course wanted Rolex to pay for the product placement Rolex is like we don't want to do that so Omega came in and swooped in do you wear wear Rolex no I'm not a bitch I'm like, damn. damn. Wow. Something I really don't appreciate, though, is like, you know, there's a lot of like legacy and kind of lore around James Bond. I was supposed to say James Burke. James Bond. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> and like these elements, like there, there's the car and there's the, the gun thing and there's, there's the, the Aston Martin, there's the wall of BBK. There's the suit, the, like the tux and like mm-hmm. the, the watch is a big part of it. Like shake and not stir it, all this. Like I feel like when you have something so tied to you, like alcohol, like mm-hmm. the, the martini, that is his drink. That mm-hmm. is the James Bond drink. How and this is future spoilers for commercials. But how how the hell is my boy going to be out here drinking Heineken? Like, because uh, they paid a lot of money. they paid a lot of money. But it's just like, but damn, are, is nothing sacred? This is a new like, James Bond. Switching bro. the watch, it's like cool. At least I it's a nice like, watch to well, nice watch. So this motherfucker uh, drinking fair. Heineken. The watches are always interesting. I, I'm, I'm a watch guy, so I follow the watches. In the in, in the novels, because uh, Ian Fleming wore a, a Rolex Explorer, which is a more like a more simple kind of just straightforward watch. Uh, he had Bond wearing those when they did the movies. They wanted him to, the story goes, I don't know if this is true or not, but the story goes is they wanted him to have a nice watch, but Rolex would not give them one because Rolex is like, no, we're not going to give you, because back, you know, they thought this was like pulp novels and they were like, this movie's going to suck. It's not going to be great. Um, so Albert Broccoli, uh, who is the the producer, Albert Cubby Broccoli, took his own Rolex off and gave it to, to uh, Sean Connery to wear. And that's the watch you see, the Rolex Submariner, no date with the NATO strap is the watch you see in Dr. No, which was the very, very first Bond film. And then, of course, that lineage of uh, James Bond wearing a Rolex Submariner stayed all the way up until, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, Roger Moore, who was like, I want to go crazy and zany with this. I want to get away from uh, uh, Sean Connery. I want to drive a Lotus. I don't want to drive an Aston Martin anymore. And I want to wear Seiko watches. And I want lasers to come out of everywhere. And some of those, I still hold to the fact that some of the Roger Moore movies are the best Bond movies because of that fact. Because they were like, let's go fucking bananas with this. And let's have a laser fight in space. And I love that. And then, of course, when we got back to GoldenEye, uh, that's when Omega picked up the sponsorship. And we've seen Seamasters ever since. Seamasters. The Omega Seamaster. Oh, okay. Is the was the uh, cool name, right? Well, they, so a cool name, yeah. 
the two brands came up together. Omega and Rolex were have been rivals for a very, very long time. And watches, like cars and a lot of things, have very similar styles. So you have the Rolex Submariner and the Omega Seamaster. That's really cool. Oh. So those are two iconic watches. I would have loved it if he basically was... sparring back and forth <laughs> for the last it's seven like years. Like Marvel DC. I would have loved it if he was on the plane, <laughs> just like. Uh, do you want a lamb, sir? Like, no, I'll take Papa John's. <laughs> like, ah, Papa John's. Ah, Papa, John's. <laughs> Papa John's comes in. Like, Had hey. to sponsor Jesus. Anyway, that's uh, that's your watch talk for today. Let's get back to it. Uh, they have it's a great little sparring watch match, talk. and it, which ends with um, she, he's like, you know, he's flirting with her basically and trying to size her up, and she goes, as charming as you are, Mister Bond, uh, I will keep my eye on our government's money and off your perfectly formed ass. And Bond goes, Bond goes. You noticed. noticed. <laughs> it's fun. She bangs out, and of course, he's like, oh, this person is a little bit different than what I'm used to. She's she's on the level, and she's smart, and she's going to give me a run for my money, and I like that. Starting to bring him out of his shell but a little bit. Also, the uh, the line of, uh, uh, you're not my type. Oh, that's what? later. Uh, smart? No, no single. single. <laughs> I love it that. It really bums her out. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, that's fucked up. Uh, that's, of course, when they're driving to the hotel with her and trying to get their cover story, which Bond immediately just blows. Right when they get to the desk, he's like, "I'm James Bond, and this is Vesper Lind, and we're we're here under this these two names." And she's the like, "Why would name you?" Ever, though, she's like, Vesper "Why Lind. would you do that?" And he's like, "Look, if Lashif is as good as I think he is, he already knows who we are, and all we've done is just drop the front." And the, the it's kind of a bullshit reason. She goes, "It's ego. It's it's your fucking ego getting in the way again. You're trying to be better than me. You're trying to be better. Everyone, this is going to be your downfall and undoing. Take the next fucking elevator, basically." Um, Bon, uh, let's see. Bond gets a package. So heads outside. Okay, I guess of I'll course, be here for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. The package is a uh, a key to a Aston Martin DBS V12, which is one of the coolest fucking cars I've ever seen in my entire life. And yes, if I had all the money in the world, I would have one in my cool garage, next to your Honda Accord. Next to my 06 Honda Accord <laughs> that I would drive every day because I would never drive this Aston Martin in San Francisco. It would get destroyed. Oh my, it would oh, get so that'd dinged. That would be such a waste, though. Uh, we get introduced to, of course, he looks through all the gadgets in this, and what do we see? Of course, a silenced Walther PPK mm-hmm. uh, and a defibrillator and mm-hmm. a poison kit. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Like, well, I hope I like if I saw that I'd be like, "What the fuck <laughs> do you think is gonna happen to me? It, it was do like I get a, poisoned all the time? It was a fancy ass uh, like a uh, first like aid kit. Poison kit. Yeah, but there's it, like, nothing cooler looking than like, a silence pistol, yeah. man. Yeah. A silence pistol is just like I think it's a one Walther. of the coolest things. I think it's a Walther that he still has. I think it's the updated Walther PPK that he uses. This, but I'm, I could be wrong. I don't know what model gun it is. You know what? I just think it's Salt Snake. Anyway, Salt Snake. Bond meets with Mathis, a local MI6 agent who is going to help him out. Uh, later that day, Bond brings Vesper a dress so she can look fabulous and more importantly distract his competition. And then she, in turn, of course, matching him blow for blow. He walks back in his room and finds a perfectly tailored tuxedo. Love it. And he goes, "I already have a dinner jacket." And she goes, "There's dinner jackets." And then there's dinner jackets. It's just like, why is this so good? And he puts it, it on. Be. And for the first time, I, it, this might not be the first time, but it's, it's the first tailored. time I remember hearing it. He walks in and he looks at himself in the mirror and you hear the James Bond You get Bond the theme. proper you get a little like, theme. We had hints of it earlier, but this yeah. was just like the let's go. And, and you it's see like, him okay, I'm there. Put on his basically like go to work suit, which is cool. This is all awesome. It's like, really, yeah, nice. it's and really and cool. It's, again, it's, we're getting the this sort of, like, this is what Bond is, right? Like this is the suit. This is the theme. But the back and forth between them just makes it all so much better. I like agree. Their, their dialogue is great. And shout out to Ava Green for for holding her own in these scenes and, and really kind of being that nice, antagonistic like counterpart to him. I feel like that this relationship to me makes this movie great. Yeah. When um, they first like announced that she was going to be like his partner, I remember thinking, like, I don't know if she's got the chops for this. She's no Denise Richards. <laughs> I thought Christmas only came once a year. Was it was legitimately line. how great line? Uh, everyone, of course, goes downstairs. 
But head but of the game. But she proved me wrong. That's <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, everyone has deposited $10 million buy-ins, which will remain in escrow. This weird Swiss dude who's way too happy. He's so happy. And I doesn't realize it. that all the people in this room are fucking killers and terrorists. He's such He's a like, cartoon oh, character. Everything's great, yeah. yeah. They're either killers and terrorists or they're like CIA and, uh, you know. This guy doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, hey, everyone, we had to have I love fun. Him. The movie <laughs> needed that. that game. The That's movie great. needed that. I, I think, like, everybody else is so dark and, like, ominous. And I think when he the movie the, needed like this other weird. At the end, when he was the fucking the phone, she's chef. like, "What? They're withdrawing it right now." Of course, the, yeah. the Venice branch. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, they all have to enter passwords in the system so that if they win, the, uh, the the winnings can be kept for them until they transfer out. Of course, Bond has a little smirk, another mischief managed moment where he goes, "Huh?" Any types of something, mischief. and you're like, "I don't." Moment of mischief manage. Moment of mischief. Oh. Moment of mischief. Oh, bad. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, then uh, new segment. Then they start the Texas Hold'em match, uh, during which the, a lot of people have to narrate this so the audience doesn't get completely uh, lost, even though Texas Hold'em was very popular in 2006. I don't know what the fucking boat, the river, the bend, the Dude, whatever that shit I is. I fucking hate it when all my friends would play goddamn Texas Hold'em, and I'd just be like, I just want to play video games. Yeah, uh, the whole man. time, Bond, of course, is trying it. to figure out what Le Chief's, uh tell is, and that doesn't matter because the second Vesper walks in, all fucking things stop, and she looks phenomenal in this dress. Great color for her. I, I love that she walks out the wrong way on purpose to fuck with him. Because like he very specifically was like, oh, walk out so that everyone can see you. And she walks out to the. Well, she also walked out see. like midway through the game, which pissed him off because she was supposed to do it like at the beginning, right? Good, man. But Good that's, uh, but of course, Bond. Uh, let's see, everyone orders a drink. Uh, he, so he starts ordering this drink, and this is where the old server in me goes, oh man, hold on, I gotta get a pen. Because this, this thing is, is yeah. complex. He I start getting anxiety. Drink, I guess. I don't know why he does. This was a play on the, the classic, I'm gonna order a martini shake and not stirred. But uh, a vodka martini shake. I don't know why they decided to make this drink a thing, other than I can only imagine they were going to sell a line of alcohol that was the Vesper. the Vesper. Yeah. And there is a now, if you go to uh, the Cosmopolitan in Vegas, there's a Vesper bar that has this drink that you can go, and it's fucking terrible. It's like, I, anyway, we'll go on. Uh, let's see. Bond kisses Vesper so the chief can see, but Vesper rebuffs him because he's losing and she's pissed off. Uh, I love the, like, her, I'm uh, in character. Yeah, I am in character. Love I'm it. upset with you. Mm, and he love goes, this. It was worth it to discover his tell. He's got a little twitch in his eye, and I know it's his tell, and I'm going to beat him with it. I feel like way too dramatic for that to I mean, I, Like, every time that he he's lying for him to go, <laughs> you know, it's a Again. little obvious. Again. I feel like if you're playing at that level... You might want to have someone yeah. watch you and just be like, hey, that, that's going to make you lose. I fucking love Matt Mickelson and his character in this too. movie. Yeah. And just like everything he's that he does a... is fucking weird. He's creepy. His eye bleeding's weird. So and him weird. just like flipping the, the coin. I want to learn how to do that so go. badly. I think that's the coolest thing people do at tables. I won my BB. Uh, of course, they take a short break and Bond bugs Le Chief's inhaler and then pervs out on Vesper so they can follow Le Chief. Uh, back up to his room. Le Chief goes up there and, of course, his uh, girlfriend is, uh, I forget how, she has a cool name, too. But I Horrible haircut. Horrible haircut. Horrible. Weird style, too. Like, but like is it a wig? The, I don't know. Like I don't the, care either. The, 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 obviously, he gets kidnapped here or whatever. But right. just to fast forward, the, the, the poisoning scene where she turns around, I, like, just laughed out loud. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, she turns around and, like, after the, the it's server. It's a moment of mischief. Yeah, the server takes the, the drink over to him, and she kind of turns around. I was like, She's very what? snaky. She looks weird. <laughs> With the, she's, like, the worst, like, designed <laughs> haircut. so weird, man. It's very weird. She is a, a classic, like, Bond villainess. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, Obano is there with his henchmen, and they're like, dude, you lost our fucking money. He's like, dumb, I'm going to get it back for you tomorrow. And then they threaten to cut off her arm, and Le Chief's like, I don't give a fuck. And he's like, damn, that was cold as ice. They go out, and, of course, Bond, proving 
for the third time in this movie that he is fucking terrible at reconnaissance, just as there, put the earpiece in the wrong fucking ear, and the guy sees it and goes, oh, well, you're clearly a secret agent, I have to kill you now, and then he kicks that dude over the railing and then proceeds to fight Obano down the stairs in what I would assume is the most violent fucking fight ever recorded. It's so violent and it's so funny to think about. I love this entire scene, but it's funny to think about her in her heels running down the stairs pretty constantly without stopping. And they constantly are catching up because they're being thrown Throwed down every single it's flight. It's so brutal <laughs> and so cool. And, and when he gets towards the final throw... They're at the bottom, but you just right. can't really tell. And so the final throw happens, and they just like they tumble over. <laughs> they just like, which is weird, yeah, right? Weird. Like you thought they were gonna fall at yeah. least a floor or two. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to throw a quick shout out to whoever choreographed this because in 2006, Brazilian jiu-jitsu was starting to gain a lot of steam. The UFC was popular, uh, but I don't think people had started really incorporating this stuff into fight choreography. So this is the first time I remember seeing a someone take someone's back, actually put hooks in with their legs, and sink in a rear naked choke which is actually pretty good classic like fundamental jiu-jitsu. Normally you'd see people choke each other, but they would just they wouldn't go the extra step of actually locking in and taking someone's back properly. We see that. I think it's really really cool. Of course, he doesn't realize that Obano is going to go for his gun and that's when Vesper has to make a choice. She holds him down and then it's just just the most fucking brutal thing you've ever seen where she's looking at this guy with a, as Bond's choking the, the life, life out of him. life is leaving And kills him, eyes. and she's helping him do this. And it's a really, really powerful moment in this movie. And then Bond gets up and goes into autopilot where he's like, go get Mathis, tell him I've hidden the bodies down here, go now. And she's like, I'm an accountant, dude. <laughs> like, this is Yeah, crazy. she's like, dude, I'm a banker. Yeah. Right? Like, this is not what I do. Um, I like Mathis a lot, and I hope that he didn't actually betray them. Well, I just want to put that out there. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. You haven't finished the movie. You haven't seen the movie. Exactly. Uh, That's why I'm <laughs> <laughs> It's the last five minutes. Why are you putting on blast in front of me? You know he gets all mad. Uh, of course, Bond goes up uh, upstairs, and you know he's put on a front. He's put on a front for Vesper down there, where he's like, "Go, go, go!" When he gets upstairs, he's noticeably shaken by this so much that he has to take giant gulps of, I assume, bourbon. Uh, just to steady his nerves, uh, and he cleans himself up when he goes downstairs. Of course, Lashif, you can't pull anything over him. He notices that he's changed his shirt and says, uh, is, is our game causing you to perspire? And he goes, maybe a little bit, but I won't consider myself in trouble until I start weeping blood. You bitch. Go Damn. fuck yourself. Which is great. Uh, after the game, Bond returns to his hotel. It's a health issue. Yeah. My doctor told me. Like, what the <laughs> yeah, fuck, man? It's like it's a messed up eye. Uh, dude, after- our, the bad guy in this movie has an asthma inhaler. Yeah. Like, let's fucking... Dope as hell. Well, I like it because he's not he's not a it's t- so typical cool. like I'm gonna beat everyone to death. He's like, I'm a smart guy, I know the odds, and this I'm a banker, basically. I, I liked when uh, they're all ordering drinks or when Bond orders drinks and everyone's like, Yeah, I'll do one of that those good. too. And he's like, Are you guys fucking done? Yeah, like, I'm trying to done? win all your money. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? We're playing. Uh, let's see the next uh, after the game Bond returns to his hotel to find Vesper uh, fully clothed sitting in the shower and she she can't wash the blood off of her hands she's tried and this is a very he licks it off it's a little weird to have saliva break it off honestly very 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 bizarre choice I didn't like it I really would have liked it if he just had washed her hands for her and said hey there it's done it's very weird but I do like I think that's a weird moment but I think there's an endearing moment where he's like, are you cold? And she said, yeah. And he just reaches up and he turns the warm. Yeah, the scene moments, it were I great. I like that. It's yeah. just, it was literally just the finger. Yeah. It was the I finger because like, like, I was like, are they about to turn her sorrow into fucking right now? Like, yeah, like I didn't know where they were going with it. Like, they, I don't know. Yeah, the I'm finger, glad they didn't. The finger sucking thing was really off for me. But then it gets sweet and nice, and yeah, I think he. Tur- I think that, that maybe take another cut, a little it. shift. Film it in one scene. Enzymes in your saliva that'll break down the blood. Science, science, science with Kevin. Kevin. I already said it. There's enzymes yeah, in, in your saliva. Uh, 
Otherwise, it could stain your skin. Well, fuck it. Who gives a Remember, shit? Remember uh, when someone played Macbeth? Suck on those fingers. The girl was like, ah, this fucking damn spot. Mm. That was mostly in her head, though. The next morning, Bond meets with Mathis Guilt. while Vesper sleeps. Mathis has hid the bodies in one of Lashif's cars. Uh, shout out to the old school. Uh, oh, he, in this one, he wears a, a different Omega. I, I had it written down in the first one. He wore a Planet Ocean. In this one, he wears an old school Omega Seamaster. I like the look of it on his, on his uh, wrist. Uh, back to the game. Bond goes all in when he sees Lashif's wait, tail. Wait, they open the trunk, and there's another yeah. moment of mischief. Moment of mischief. And that poor the guy. That poor guy's one? like, dude, I'm just a chauffeur, and now I'm going to jail for life <laughs> for the murder of two people. What are you gonna do? Uh, back to the game. But Bond I goes. thought he was just a chauffeur. He wasn't somebody. No, he was a bad guy. They're all bad guys. Okay. He's a henchman. I'm just joking yeah, around. Okay. Like, you but don't also, know. Maybe he was just a hired guy that like, oh, we got to get some local talent. The guy's like, oh, this is my bigger break. Uh, I got to take care of my dad, who's an ailing. We're in Montenegro. I don't know what this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Ah. It's, cl- it's close to Italy. I think. I don't know. I think it's the across cops the bed. Are crooked. You know, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> so I mean, we already saw one cop get get taken out by some Photoshop. Uh, Let's see. Bond wants Vesper to restake him. Okay. I forgot. Did we talk about that? What? It's, it was a what useless Photoshop? scene. I what? just moved it. I moved the, past where, it. Where, where, uh, they take out the head, the chief of police. Yeah, the chief of police is like bot, and they're like, but we just photoshopped him, and now he's uh, arrested. That was like really stupid. Yeah. I hated yeah. that. <laughs> really dumb scene. It was supposed to, I guess, be indicative of how smart Mathis is, but yeah. it's kind of dumb. See, um, Mathis being cool, you know what I mean? Hopefully he didn't Mathis. betray him. <laughs> Mathis. <laughs> So, uh, uh, but guess what? The tell was a what lie, and Bond gets Express. busted because uh, he thought he was he thought he knew the tell, and, and someone must have tipped him off. I don't know what's happening, but I lost ten million dollars. And they go out on the balcony, and Bond wants Vesper to restake him with the additional five million dollars that's been authorized. And she goes, "No," she's uh, like, "You're impatient and arrogant. Uh, your arrogance beat you. You lost because your ego, uh, because of your ego, and that same same ego can't take it." And I love that. Because it's true. Because he's like, I, can, I just want to buy back in. And she's like, you haven't learned anything from this. You just want to beat this guy, but you got beat. And it's your ego talking. And that's really cool. Um, Fucking Felix comes in. Seeing no other option, of course, Bond grabs a butter knife and heads toward Lashif. Uh, but before he can bluntly stab the man I'm to death, I don't know. just going to stab him to yeah. death in the middle of this thing. Uh, Felix Leiter, of course, grabs his arm. And it turns out whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, the entire time he's been CIA... He's like, I'm a, I forget the term he uses. I'm your he's brother like, from Langley. Brother from Langley. Yeah, Something cool. like that. Something cool like that. shit. I yeah. loved all this. Who is this actor? That's Jeffrey Wright from yeah. Westworld. Or Jeffrey Wright? Yeah, Jeffrey yeah, Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is, uh, he's cool. He's also going to be a Westworld. He's also in Hunger Games. And then he's going to play Gordon in The Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah he's a great actor. Cool. He is awesome. I did not expect him to be in this movie. And when he popped up, I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. I just What's really his love. name again? Felix Leiter. Such and the Felix Leiter character has been uh, a character in a lot of Bond movies throughout the years. He's been the CIA sort of like counterpart to Bond, where he kind of helps him out and can they buddy buddy up a little bit here and there. It's been different actors every time, of course. Um, he's CIA and he is not doing well in this game. He's like, I'm hemorrhaging chips. I will restake you under one condition. When you win, we get to take Lashif in. And Bond goes, cool. That's probably better than trying to stab him with a very, 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 very unsharp butter knife. Oh, he would have gotten killed. Uh, I mean, he would have killed him, yeah. but it would have been just horrible. Uh, of course, Bond returns back to the game with this new buy-in uh, and then gets immediately poisoned. Uh, thankfully, there's this nice Ooh. handy anti-poison kit with a defibrillator in his car. Uh, he takes off, and I like that moment where he's like, sir, you're the, you have to, you're the whatever the fuck term it is, so he just throws some chips on the table the big, and uh, takes off, grabs a big blind, yeah, little blind, a big mini blind, blind um, takes some salt and a cup, 
and tries to throw up, which is horrible, and then goes out to the car, calls it in, and there's a whole room full of people that are there to help him out. And they're like, Bond, uh, we got to figure out what it is. They do the blood test, and they figure out that it's a certain poison, and they're going they're back like, and take forth. Take the blue thing. Take like, the blue thing. hit the defibrillator yet. You have to wait. Right. And it's like, oh, uh, It takes the blue thing, of course, stress. and they're like, okay, now now hit the defibrillator, and he starts hitting it, and it's sad because he, he can't figure out what's going on, and he looks down, and, of course, one of the lead wires has become disconnected. And he's like, well, that's it for me. And before he dies, of course, he sees a beautiful face kind of come into the frame out of focus, and it's Vesper, and she figures it out, and she plugs it I back mean, he in. he does die. Oh, he does die. <laughs> she defibrillates him, really. and he pops back up. And he's like, and boy, we see his abs in this, and they're great. And she's I like, love that he says, are you okay? He goes, are you okay? She's like, what the fuck? There's no way you can go back in there. And he's like, of course yeah, not. like, Bond, you have to go immediately to the hospital. You can't go back in. He's like, of course not. And of course he's going to go back in. Just goes right in. Uh, b- buttons his shirt back up and sits down. And when Lashif sees him, it looks like he's seen a ghost. And yeah, Bond says, I'm sorry, that last hand nearly killed me. Yeah, it's really good. Come well, on, it is, Come on, son. Uh, and then, of course, we have one final hand, and everyone goes all in. Uh, Wait, like, it can't be a moment of mischief if it's just a one-liner. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it's not a moment of mischief. The moment of mischief is when they cut to him, and he goes, yeah. <laughs> I like this line. Uh, everyone goes all in on the final hand. Everyone's got everyone's got superior hands to each other. As we go around the table, someone bet five million, someone bet six million, and then the sheep goes all in with fourteen million and whatever, and Bond matches 40 him million. forty million, whatever the fuck. It's all the money and all the kit and caboodle. Um, and of course, Bond has a royal flush and beats him. And sure uh, luck. And 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 Felix goes cool, and he's like, he's all yours, man. Take him in. And we got to go celebrate. And we're gonna go to dinner, and it's gonna be great. And we go to dinner. And he starts to asking her, uh, Vesper, you go, you got a boyfriend, cute boyfriend? And she's like, yeah, I have a cute boyfriend. He gave me this uh, uh, Algerian the love The world's knot. most hideous fucking necklace that pretty. was obviously a plot point because it yeah. was so ugly the it entire time. It does not time. go with anything. Uh, I like the like the way he was like, you know that's an Algerian love And she's like, oh. I just thought that was nice. It's an Algerian like, nah, love nah. knot. Somebody, like, you're keeping secrets from me and I don't like it. <laughs> and, of course, she's like, yeah, someone gave it to me. And he's like, well, that's a pretty serious thing to give to someone. It's, a, it's essentially saying, like, you're married or whatever. He must be a lucky man. Now I definitely want to bang you. And, yeah, <laughs> since you're not single anymore. <laughs> elevator to the top floor. You know what I'm talking about. We're going do, to the penthouse where there's I only do. one room. A little room for making love. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and she asks him... I, I love this scene, too, because she has another great line here where she goes, it doesn't bother you killing those people. And he says, I wouldn't be very good at my job if it did. She's like, I don't know about that, man. That just seems like some cool shit to say to someone. Anyway, uh, (laughs) Mathis texts. He needs Vesper. She leaves Bond. And then Bond has a really weird moment here where he goes, Mathis. And you're like, yeah, makes zero sense. No, because at at that moment, he's like, oh, shit. Mathis told the dude about the tell. That's what he assumed. Because he's the only person that knew. Yeah. 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 But no, but I, I don't see it. I, I think it, it's a convenient it's a bit thing. of a leap. It's a convenient thing to move on to the next plot. Point, I never but, liked that. I, re- yeah. I wish that she he would have just seen her get abducted and have to go after him. Of course, he runs out after her. She gets abducted. He jumps in the Aston Martin DB uh, and uh, races after her. And I fucking love this because you think it's going to cool. be an unbelievably fast, cool car chase. And it's over like that as but he rounds a corner. It gets your God. heart racing. Though. No like, way the, he the, doesn't. The shots when you see her and you're just like, oh, Fuck. Like, like, that's cool and clever. Yeah. yeah. No way he didn't kill her, though. You know what I mean? In, like, reality. Fast, Either way, Here he, he, he yanked that car off, flipped I'll about tell you what, a dude, billion times. None, none of this would have ever happened because Ethan Hunt would have just ran after. Wouldn't even gotten in the car. So would have been running at 90 Ethan miles Hunt, an hour. First off, <laughs> Ethan Hunt would have gotten in a BMW because they sponsored it. And it would have been fine. It would have been a cool old BMW, whatever. And he would have driven it cool. But nothing's cooler than Aston Martin. 
Okay. Bond films have a reputation for breaking Guinness World Records. In Casino Royale, Bond is in a dramatic car crash, which sees his Aston Martin flip seven times. The scene took a lot of practice and a lot of Aston Martins to get right. The seven flips set the record for highest ever number of Whoa. barrel rolls by a car. Yeah. The previous record was held by a stuntman on British TV program Top Gear. Hey. Oh, that's a good show. Does fucking Ethan Hunt hold any Guinness Book of World Records? <laughs> he wouldn't have rolled over the car <laughs> seven times. <laughs> Weird it's fight. <laughs> Guys, this seems like a record we could break, you know? I think so, Kevin. Yeah? Yeah, you have three cars. We could try them out. Sure. Uh, Lashif and his goons catch up and they pull him out of the car and they cut the little uh, tracking device out of his arm. How oh, did they know that, that was there either? That was brutal. No, he says math is told. Well, he does. Yeah. At this point, we're like, oh, they yeah. knew that too. Oh, That's yeah. crazy. Uh, when they get bond, they, get, they throw a bond in the back of the old uh, in the car, and he passes out as they and then they drag him into this old rusted out uh, ship hole. Uh, and they, 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 I was like, when I first they watched, take a it, I was chair. Like, they cut they the do? chair, and you're like, what the fuck are they gonna do? It's gonna really hurt when you sit in it. And then he sits in it, and you're just like, oh, he actually has a pretty good seat on it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not too worried. Oh my god, <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't keep doing it. Why do they keep doing it? The moment they show. This leather braided oh, whip rope. with some sort of rock at the end it's, of it. No, it's like it's like yeah, a, it's just a leather a ball. Big ass, uh, like not I, what I thought braided. was it was like a like a big rope that had a big thick knot. On yeah. The oh, I thought it. it was leather. I thought it was like a whip. Oh, I just no, thought it was, it was like it was some sort of rope that rope he had taken the from the the ship hole or something like that. What uh what uh, there was a funny yeah, line like where. Mads Mikkelsen is talking to him, and he goes, "You looks like you've taken great care of your body." Right. But it's I heard, but because of his accent, I heard him say "buddy," and I thought he was talking about his dick. His peepee. <laughs> like that's a, you've taken <laughs> care of your buddy, right? It's a good looking dick. I'm about you to got fuck there. up your buddy right here. <laughs> All I'll say is this: his, this is a fucking brutal way to torture someone that is fit. But if you're dumpy like my ass, you just suck him up a little bit, and your butthole takes most of the, the yeah, impact. Your thigh fat. Yeah, oh, this guy, I be like this. I do this all. Fu- I go all day. You know what I'm talking my about? My thigh fat Captain can America. just like why is America's fat ass? That's what I would do. You turn it to uh, Mark Wahlberg. For hey, the, I'll, I'll go, go all day. day because you have to assume like he's he's sitting on this thing, but you could just kind of squeeze your butthole and make your balls go up, right? Yeah, but like I, yeah, I but know. still, it's I'm pretty hurt. sure we didn't see it, but Lucy tucked that shit down there before it happened. He pushed What's up, Barrett? But my question is like, why the chair setup? Like why? It, why he didn't can't stop? It's sexy. Like why didn't he like? Flail I don't know. Out? I, it, yeah, it's not I don't Game know. Of Thrones. It's He's not like a sick motherfucker. Yeah, man. I don't this know. It's not perversion. The the chair just felt weird. I love it. I, I was super I was cool. super impressed by his little speech too. I thought it was fucking terrifying. It's one of those things where he's like, I don't know why people always work so hard. It's so simple. You know what people care about most. Yeah. And, and, like, he, and he goes, balls. He goes yeah. you have the pain, but he also has you, you have the knowledge that if. I don't I, stop. If I don't stop, it'll be ir- like irreparable, irreparable, irreparable. Yeah, it'll cause irreparable damage. To this whole scene is Mads fucking is terrifying. So, dude, Mads is great. Daniel, but Daniel Craig, Craig is Craig, so man. good. So like good, yeah. it's like, oh, you're you're who's scarier here? I don't really good, know. Yeah, yeah, the weird laughing yeah. where he's like God. to the right. Yeah. <laughs> Like what is he going? Like what is this weird character yeah. he's channeling? I, I love it. I, that because that is a moment where he was like, I'm still in control. Fuck you. You know? Yeah. And I it's guess him so. like kind of dealing with the pain as well, you know? It's really oh, bizarre. I but love then it. but then when he falls down, when he gets knocked over and Mads pushes him over because he's like, all right, I'm gonna chop this shit off now, I'm gonna feed it to you or whatever. Right. Um we see a different Daniel Craig. Like he's no longer this maniacal crazy guy. He's on the ground, he's like all defeated and shit. Like, well, he's also like all of his adrenaline just yeah. like went all, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's what happens when someone's yeah. like, I'm gonna stop hitting you right now and I'll give you a moment to like 
breathe before I cut your testicles off. Sure, yeah. And feed them to it you. It was just weird because it, it was like from dick. one moment to the next, he was this maniacal guy that seemed to have the upper hand where he's like, you can do whatever the fuck you want to me, man. I'm Daniel Craig. You're well, not going to get this info from me. Also, what changes is that they hear Vesper screaming in the room next to him and he realizes like, shit, they're torturing her too. And like it takes the wind out of his sails a little bit, but then he comes right back into the character and he goes, "He was rock hard." But he's then he like, heard that he's like, "Oh yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. he was Not like, you're never gonna tell me, are you?" He was like, "No, I'm never gonna." He's tell like, you. "Bro, she has a husband. I'm gonna fuck her." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so close, man. And Matt's like, "For real, bro? Ah, oh, bro, shit. that get in there, doc. Get in there." <laughs> anyway, so uh, right before he gets the opportunity to cut off uh, Bond's prized possession, Mister White comes in and he's killed the people in the other room, and he comes in with a uh, silenced weapon. And uh, you can tell the chief is scared here because he's like, shit. And he's like, I got the money. I'll get the money back. I'm right away from going. And the guy goes, he has a great line. He's like, money isn't as important to us as knowing who to trust. And he ices him. And then the shit falls right into the camera. And you and see, it's his, like, you see holy his shit, eye. Credits. I was like, shit, that's cool, right? Nope, not yeah, credits. credits. <laughs> Bond passes out. And of course, he wakes up with Mathis and Vesper right next to him. He's kind of coming in out of consciousness. He's like, Mathis did it. His Mathis don't trust him. Okay, great. Not him. Uh, and then we cut out, and then uh, they're out outside, and he and he gets Mathis tased. Mathis gets pulled away. He's like, that motherfucker betrayed me. And Vesper's like, oh, that's great. Uh, and then the, and then the Swedish chef comes, and he's like, oh, you want some money? That's great, yeah. And then uh, comes in, and, and he goes, uh, she's got the account information, and, and he asks Bond for the password, and he goes, she, she knows it. And she goes, do I? And he goes, uh, type this in. He goes V E S P E R. It's her name, and she—that's on her undoing. Yeah, her she's Man, wet as hell. Yeah, that is everyone's wet now. The fucking Swedish chef is wet. <laughs> yeah. The nurses that are oh, tasing Mathis's balls are wet. <laughs> everyone's Every wet. Time. The suitcase is drenched. <laughs> she <laughs> has, she has that great moment. It's a very, very vulnerable moment where she breaks down. You don't know what's behind it. But you do get the point that she feels really bad about what she's, you know, knowing what you know at the end of the movie. Like, she feels terrible that she said to betray Bond. Um, well, also, and, she just but betrays then, her, like, boyfriend or whatever. She has. She's stuck in a By very having, like, hard a spot. Long-ass relationship with him. Right? It was like, it felt like it was a week, at least, right? It's a solid month. Of them, them banging it out. M- meanwhile, her boyfriend's getting tortured, maybe? Right? Who knows? We don't know. Yeah. Uh, at this point, though, all we know is that she has a very, uh, she's like, you know, she has this great line where she's like, if only all that was left of you was your smile and your little pinky, you'd still be more of a man than anyone I've ever met. And he makes a joke. He's like, that's because you don't know what I can do with my pinky. It's all and weird. I hate all this. I thought, it, I thought it was it's cute. But, it's, but more importantly, it's a great, she has another great moment where she realizes she's like, you're not going to let me back in, are you? Like, you've just put your armor back up. And that charm that he has, those, those quips that he uses are armor that he uses to defend himself against letting people in. And she goes, you've, you've ju- you're not going to let me back in, are you? You've put your armor back on. He goes, I have no more armor left. You've stripped it from me. Whatever is left of me, whatever I am, I'm yours. And then it's then we get this moment where he has that transition where he's like, I am. I don't want to do this anymore. You're right. We're, on, we're back on the beach. And he's like, you're right. This is. I, I want to leave with what's left of my soul. I want to travel the world with you until one of us has to get a real job. And I'm, unfortunately, it's going to have to be you because my skills aren't exactly marketable in the real world. I thought that was a really great moment. Um, and then they bang a lot. I just think it could have been any other line aside from like the whole pinky thing. I liked it. I like a little pinky pinky. It's just, it's just Bro, a weird if you're thing. not using your pinky, pinky during lovemaking. Because you know, Vesper, that I'm going to stick this pink in your vagina. <laughs> like, I, th- I thought it was, it was, it was no, just pink. Pink. I thought it was going to go pink in the stink. Yeah, it was just so, like, I don't know. It was just way too on the nose for me. Like, I, I wish it was, like, a little bit more nose? vague. Was it on the nose? Or was it on the brown hole? The brown nose is what. Boop. That's not. No, brown, no that's when you. Brown eye. All right. Let's see. They sailed to Venice. the second scene. 
Nick? Uh, no. We, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, this is the second scene where they go <laughs> and he wears an even smaller bathing suit. How somehow. did he get into this one? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> he was born to this. <laughs> uh, this is when it's revealed oh, that, has less in there now. that Bond, uh, Mathis must have been the plant. Uh, he must have told the chief about the tail and the implant in Bond's arm. Uh, and then he professes his love for Vesper and he wants to travel the world with her. And so one has to find and make an honest woman out of her, and she's gonna make an honest woman out of him. And she's like, "Fuck, this is heavy, man. I didn't expect this because he is sexy, and he's got two pinkies, not just one." Uh, and then they sail to Venice, I assume. Great. Uh, and she's wearing a cute little uh, French or like a Venetian, rather, I should say, like Italian kind of stripy shirt. I thought that was really cute, fashion-wise. Uh, <laughs> I, say, I like that. I like that style. Right. Um, Good to know. <laughs> let's see. Uh, they go and they go. They hole up in this cute hotel. And he's like, we're, all, we're out of money. She's like, well, I'll go transfer the money. Uh, I got to go to the, my boss is texting me. I go to Walgreens anyways. And you go get some supplies, and that's cool. And then Bond uh, uh, gets a call from M, and she's like, yo, where's the money? And he goes, what are you talking about? I transferred it last week. She goes, uh, I'm with a guy from the bank, and he has not thought the money. So Bond's like, hold on. Let me call the Swedish chef. And he calls the Swedish <laughs> chef, and the guy goes, hold on, fresh party. Wait, no, where's no. the money? His response is so cool that she, she's like, where's the money? He's like, uh, I thought like you guys wouldn't notice. So he immediately, like, you know something's up. yeah, something's, something's up. up. And yeah. it's just like, oh, uh, man, this guy never puts it down. You know what I mean? It calls the Swedish chef, oh, and the Swedish chef is like, oh, it's, <laughs> the money's actually being withdrawn from the Vanish branch right now as we speak. And Bond's like, fuck. And so he runs after her, and he catches up with Vesper as she enters this weird, secluded, spooky area. And then he finally gets the upper hand on, her, on a henchman, only to then immediately be noticed by the guy with one eye, who I was like, who is this guy, and why does he have an eye it's patch? It's Mr. White, man. It's not Mr. White. What? No. That's what? what I thought originally when I watched this. I was like, oh, Mr. White has one eye. That's weird. But Mr. White is there. He's not the guy. Because the guy gets a fucking uh, nail to his eye and dies. Oh, yeah, you're right. And then Mr. White pops Still back up at the end of the movie. That's... This guy is just a random Bond hench- henchman. And they were like, we got to make this guy interesting. Give him one like eye. Just give him an eye patch. But don't do an eye patch. Just do black out one of his glasses. And I was like, this is very distracting. Yeah, that's anyway, a very weird choice. They fight. Uh, Vesper gets locked in the elevator. Bond decides to, as a distraction, he's going to shoot out the, the air supports to the building. And if you don't know anything about Venice, of course, the entire city is sinking into the water because it was constructed back in a time where they thought that they could burn the bad spirits out of your body. Um, it's all sinking. Don't buy anything in Venice. It's terrible. Bond, of course, shoots the air supports. The whole thing starts wobbling like a fucking outdoor table. And Bond rushes in and kills a motherfucker. And it looks horrible. Like... I just this scene sucks for all the reasons we said earlier, but it's just like all the rest of the, the CG and like effects in this movie are like they're great. They don't distract me at all. We just went this entire thing without saying the letter CG. That's crazy. This scene though, it's like, all right. Oh, there was actually some like pretty garbage. bad green screen when they're on the train and in the car, and there's a moment where a woman like opens the doors in that first casino scene. It's like, ooh, that looks really bad mm, out yeah, there. Weird, um, weird skyline. Again, that's what happens when you go down to the local old folks' home and you just film in the back True. where they're like, well, we got a fucking basketball court and a yeah. bingo net. What the hell do we do now? It doesn't matter. So um, my son has a green uh, poster board that we can use. Just here. color the wall. Yeah. The building tips over, uh, of course, as Bond kills the last person. Um, and uh, Bond goes to uh, to free Vesper. And she says, I'm sorry, James. And she locks herself in as the, uh, the whole building tips over and the elevator slides into the water. And, of course, Bond's like, fuck that. I ain't going out like that. Uh, he kills everyone. And then jumps into the water to try and save her and as he is fiddling with the lock this is a horribly gut-wrenching moment oh my where God. she goes up to him and she holds his hands and she like steadies his hands and she puts him to her cheek like just let me go and then while she, he's underwater 
yelling at her. Yeah, yelling. Yeah. Open mouth it. yelling like, like, like the key, let me say there, just like, yo, bro, you got you're losing your There was a weird there was a weird moment in there where she is it's very calm and and she just goes like ah! and like flies back and I thought like something and takes like a final death throw. But I thought something like pulled her or something, but it was just like a weird No, I think she was moment. just realizing that she's going to drown to death. And this is the first time I remember seeing on film someone actually yeah, drown. Totally. They don't go like, away. Whoa. You just see it happen. Like she takes the gulps and then it's just gone. And I'm like, that was whoa. horrific. And of course he gets like he gets that man strength and pries open the thing, uh pulls her up up to the, the roof of the building, which is now at sea level, and tries to save her, but he can't, and then he gives up. And, and now i got to be honest. I feel though. like you could have saved her. Yeah, I feel well, like no, it's not, it's not even that. The only moment that, like, out-skeezed me. When he's kissing her dead body. Literally, make it out weird. with her. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah, it was weird. Like, uh, I feel like this is, call, again, man. this is a relic of, like, trying to make, I don't know. It was weird. It was Wait, weird. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. When he's, he like, goes, he's, like, defibrillating her, like, straight up grabbing her boobs. And then he, like, goes and he's, like, breathing into her, like, to try to get yeah. her back. And then he just starts making out with her. Oh, I didn't, kissing, I didn't I see. Like, it's, like, it's, this there's no debate. Like, he's thought kissing he was trying her. To, it's very weird. I thought he was, like, giving up on trying to give her breath. Like, I he, thought it was a. He was. I'm giving you breath, and then I'm now I'm just kind of staying here because I've, I've, I've realized, oh, it's hopeless now. Like, you're not coming back. Either way, it's, it could have been done a little bit more tastefully. But I do love that he then, of course, realizes she's dead, and he scoops her up in his arms and holds her to him uh, as Mr. White has the case of money and is looking down on them, and he's like, cool. That uh, was Mr. White's moment of mischief. Then we cut over to a scene where Bond is uh, a little healed up, and he's sitting in a boat, and he's talking to M, and she's like, well, we'll talk about your uh, letter of resignation later. Actually, that was earlier. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she's like, we, we did some research on Vesper, and it turns out she had a boyfriend who the chief kidnapped and was torturing and basically uh, was using as leverage over her to betray her country and to betray you. Um, but... You know, she, of course, sacrificed herself for you, Bond. And Bond's like, well, I'm still fucking pissed at her. It doesn't matter. The bitch is dead is what he says, which I always uh, thought was kind of a yeah, really thing rough for him. Line, I was like, that's yeah. kind of mean, dude. Like, you know you love her. Um, but he's hurt. But, I mean, yeah, he's hurt. That's what that that's is. That's what it is. He's closed um, off his feelings. He's and then, of course, wall. you know, uh, she, he's like, she's like, did it ever occur to you that she made a deal to save your life, like leave you in the hotel? She knew that if she was going to meet with these people, they were probably going to kill her. So she was going to sacrifice her life for yours. And Bond was like, I don't care. I'm still hurt and I'm a man, so I'm not going to talk about my emotions at all with you. And I'm just going to bottle them up until the next person I can kill, who is about, mm, I don't know, 15 seconds from now. Uh, and of course, the last thing, uh, uh, her dying, uh, last dying act was to text Bond the number and the name Mr. White. Uh, and then, of course, we yeah, cut bitch. over to a unbelievably beautiful villa that I have to imagine was on the Amalfi Coast somewhere, uh, or maybe, uh, I forget where, where it is. But somewhere in Malta. Lake Como. It's somewhere probably in Lake Malta, Como. right? Where the uh, Ace is. Well, I think this is, I don't know. Oh, the Ace? Yeah. Did I, you see him in the background? No, I didn't. He was playing tennis. Oh, cool. cool as I, I didn't see him. Um, weird quick, Easter egg. Quick question. Were they at the same place that... Uh, it looked very similar to right? Naboo in episode yeah, two. Yeah, okay. That might have been. It might have been the house. And of course, Mr. White walks out and he's just like, oh, and he's kind of stressed. He's like, oh, man, I got away was with that it. Was that the episode one end music? They added afterwards, right? <laughs> no. Stupid. Oh, no, it? Thinking the, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they this is where they give everyone the glowing balls, and everyone's like, how am I supposed to sleep with <laughs> what this thing I in my room? Where am I doing this? <laughs> just give it to a kid to go play with. Like, what the fuck do I do with this shit? Can I eat it? Of course, Mr. White gets out of his cool car, and he gets a little stretch, and then his phone rings. And he answers it, and he goes, hello? And he's like, is this Mr. White? And he goes, yes. Who's calling? Ow! As Bond shoots him right up the ass. 
That was a late shot. He shoots him in the leg, <laughs> uh, and Mr. White starts crawling, and he starts crawling toward the entrance of his home for safety, and who should walk up in a beautiful three-piece suit, but now fully formed, 007, James Bond. And he goes, and he looks down, and he goes, the name is Bond. James Bond. Music hits. And the music hits for oh, the first time. The Bond. music hits, but yeah. like, I didn't need that line. I like, you have to have What are you like, talking about? The name's Bond, James Bond. The guy's like, I know who you are. Like, I, w- I would have liked it if it just it, makes no sense. The name is Bond, and then they didn't even include the James Bond. Like, I would have yeah. liked that, that, that's, that's it. That's a 2012 movie. You know what I mean? That's like, an that's, Iron Man. That's after we've learned a little bit. Yeah, that's true. No, You're right, you gotta though. have Bond. Right. But it also just great. doesn't, like, it would have made sense if he was like, who are you? You know, if he, if the guy asked, yeah. there was some lead in line to it that kind of made sense, but uh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> when he was on the phone before he was, oh yeah, he was like, who he is this? Shot, yeah, that's that's why. Yeah. Oh, he was like, who is this? Too much of a lead up. And he shot him, and he too walked. He was like, Bond, James Bond, which is great. Also, was that shout you out on the phone? To, he's like, that was me on the phone. That was on the phone. <laughs> I'm still on the phone. See, it's like, <laughs> shout out to the three piece suit that he's wearing, and the fact that he's like, he's dialed in, but he has that fucking badass like submachine gun with the silencer on it. It's intense. It just looks cool as shit. Like I am not fucking around, and I cannot wait for you guys to watch Quantum of Solace because they made a great decision at the beginning of that movie that is great. That is <laughs> Too many greats. All right. Uh, Seven syllables in oh, the yeah. middle. You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Ooh. Haiku in review. Are we going to do haiku, haiku in review? Ragu bagu also or no? It's up to you, Nick. You're the Bond master here because I, I feel like the theme song thing is... I think the thing's not even better. It's better than the the bad guys. Uh, Let's see. Grayling. Jesus. Grayling Thibodeau. Grayling? Not that hard. (laughs) I don't know. That's a. It sounds cool. You had such a problem with that. Andy fucking nailed it in a half a second. (laughs) T H I B O D E A U X. Yeah, Thibodeau, man. Bobby Thibodeau. Bobby Boucher Thibodeau. Most rom com bond. Why do we revere Big D? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the damn action? There's, a ton of action There's in some this. good action in here. Uh, let's I wouldn't see. call this. Ooh, engine 25. The greatest Bond girl. She fucked him. Then she fucked him. He'll I always say, love her. I will say Ava Man, or not Ava Mendes, excuse me, Ava Green actually probably might be one of the best, if not the best, written like Bond girl mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. I think she's I think her character is yeah. the most three-dimensional and she's great. real of any Bond girl ever written. Who's the Bond girl in this latest movie that's coming out? I think Anna the Honor Yeah. Oh, God. Grant you. Burton says so he can run through walls. He has a pain in his balls. His name is James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Blackjack says thrill of Bond's first kill. Martinis now lose the swell. Vesper's heart ice chilled. Nice. Sick. Oh, very uh, nice. Damn. Uh, and finally, Jacob Jagonskazinski's says another. I don't know. 007 regretting his profession. Balls rest in heaven. Damn. That's sad. Pour one out for Jimmy Jimmy B's ball sack. <laughs> Old Jimmy B. <laughs> uh, I think we're doing a disservice to not do Ragu. Then fuck it. I, I, do it, bro. I, mean, ra- I mean, Mads is number one. Ragu. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Ragu Bagu. Well, I'm your host, Nick Scarpino. With me today, of course, is my co-host, Tim Geddes. Tim, where do you feel that Le Chiffre, Le Chiffre, should be number one on the list? He's number one. You know what? I'm just keeping it at him. There you go. He's what I want to remember as the bad guy of this movie. Great. Not the double cross, triple cross, triple cross. No, no, not a dude. none of that shit. So, do we ever figure out if Mathis is is, is bad? It's Mathis. Mathis. Yeah. You keep wanting to say Tim Matheson. No, it's just Mathis. No, it's Mathis. 
Mathis. He says excited bike. Why are you adding more? Why are you adding more syllables? This is what I do. I don't know. You keep you keep pluralizing it. Mathis's. Does he have his wife and his kid in this? The Mathis's. Anyways, shout out to his wife in the next month. They don't reveal. Mathis's spoilers. What? You said shout out to his wife in the next film. Maybe she's in it. He's dead. You don't him. know. <laughs> it's the worst. Maybe they, have, maybe they have a cool drink on a bar on a plane. I was like, why can't I drink on a bar on a plane? If he didn't do it, it'd be really sad to see him like, hey, hey, James, you know they tortured me for a week, right? A week. Wait, have you seen the next one? I can't remember it because it's crap. It's time to rank the James Bond, Daniel Craig cinematic universe. Number one. Casino Royale. Great. Do we all agree? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. sure. Do they, are any of them better than this one? I think I, so. I think Skyfall will give it a run for its money. It I think people moments, liked yeah. Skyfall more than okay. this when it came to theaters. I personally don't, but I will give it another shot. I watched ten minutes of it the other day. My wife had it on. And I was like, "Oh fuck, this movie is really entertaining." So I might eat my words, but I was very, very against it. I also am a very big fan of Quantum of Solace, but I am very much in the minority on that one. Okay, okay. we'll have to find out next week when we do James Bond Quantum of Solace. Pretty cool name. It's a dope, dope. It's, it's a song. great name. I can't wait to fucking hear that song yeah. again. Based on a short, uh, this, the the title is based on a short story that he wrote about Bond. That has nothing to do with the movie at all. Who? They just took the story. Uh, Ian Fleming. Oh. He wrote a series of short stories too. One of which was called the Quant- a Quantum of Solace. But in regards to that, I'll tell you what it means next week. Really quick, I just want to. I tweeted out kind of vague thoughts about the movie. Uh, I think the first hour is very slow and boring, and then it was until we got to the poker stuff. Where I was like, okay, I'm into this. I'm it's into interesting this. that you liked that more than the other stuff. Yeah, I, so, I think like, I just like cool. I like uh, movies with card playing and like I, I like all the kind of like what how do we play the person kind right. of stuff. So when it got to there, I did really like it, and then uh, it did kind of like flip the like it flipped me like upside down when uh, when it revealed like she was double crossing him at the end. I was like, oh shit, wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Like I I enjoyed the the latter half of this movie a, a lot. There's just some weird stuff in the the beginning where I was like, okay, but like we're not at Mads yet. Like, why why do I care about this other dude that he's tailing and stuff like that? I don't know. It felt a, it felt like it took a little too long to get to what the movie was about. Um, but yeah, overall, I I thought it was cool. Didn't blow me away, but I, I did enjoy uh, a few moments. I spent way too much time thinking about the mongoose and the cobra. Mm-hmm. I was like, what if they just teamed up? Oh, Dude. unstoppable. Start fucking up. Unstoppable. Oh, they're nat- force, they're yeah. natural enemies. Until next week. Bond Voyage. <laughs> <laughs> that was Brian.